episode number 17 of the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. I'm your host, Rob, and joining me tonight, my fellow co-hosts, I've got Kenny. Hello! Fesh. Hi. Bill. Hey. And Kat. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Man, everything just bottoms out when it you does. open your mouth. It's every it's episode. Like solid, I'm going to start starting with you. I'm, I'm going to keep just doing like, Kat. Like, yeah. I'm like, we're not going to continue until you actually say hi. Start with Kat, and then we'll get a nice crescendo effect as it goes around. Where, the, where the hell is your, you know, normal family sense of volume? Like, whenever you and any of your, like, you know, sibling family members get in the same room together, we have to leave, and I'm afraid we're breaking noise ordinances in 16 counties around us. Oh, dear Lord. If anyone has to deal with Kat and her siblings, this is probably the worst experience you will ever have if you have sensitive ears. But, I mean, the instant we turn the microphones on, you're like... You literally just... Yeah. Yeah, very so, Worst intro to a podcast <laughs> ever. Uh, yeah, it's, it's getting there. It's warming up. Come on. This I'm is why worse. we have editing and we can cut things out. No, yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, so anyway, this is our episode for June. And um, right now we've got some interesting things to go over with. Before we get into that, though, we start off the show the way we start off every other show. So this week, the question I have for my co-hosts is this. Would you rather have an orgasm every time you hear the infamous Wilhelm scream? <laughs> Or would you rather? What was it? Um, sorry. <laughs> Editing. <laughs> or ah, crap. Sorry, my brain's just not working tonight. And we. Started. I didn't. Re- I didn't read this really. I it's. It's. Would you, oh, go ahead. Go would ahead. you? Would you rather have? You, you, would you rather have the Wilhelm scream happen every time you orgasm? Every time you orgasm, or would you rather orgasm every time you hear the Wilhelm scream? So, which is in like which is, most movies. Yeah, it's in a yeah. lot. And you could watch so you a lot could of be movies. Like, yeah, and you could be going to the movie theater. You could be on a first date and be watching a random movie, and then all of a sudden it's like sploosh. Yeah, but one dance. one night stands would be really awkward. Isn't, isn't right. that the point of the first date? Okay. Well, right. <laughs> oh. Then Kenny, I'm going to start with you. Would you rather orgasm every time you hear it, or every time you orgasm that sound is made? Can't we just do both? No. No. One or the other. One or the other. But, right, well, it, but it is loud. It is like anybody probably within like let's say three hundred feet will hear. Yeah. Oh, All right. Now, now Christ. I need to. I, we need to have the the question. I need clarification, basically, because I get the idea of every time I hear the Wilhelm scream, I splooge, which yeah. is great because yeah, it's but, just added orgasms, and who doesn't love that? Yeah. But the other one was, or would you rather that, that noise, noise goes when off? You come. Does, when you is it orgasm. coming out of my mouth yes. or is it just magically around? Because if it's magically around, mouth. that's amazing. You it's make that sound. Yeah. You make the when noise. you come, I'm not sure what happens. noise I make when I come, so I might make well, that you... noise already. <laughs> <laughs> but the question you're kind is, in your own zone when right. that's happening. I'll scale up, scale back the decibels. Say people within a hundred feet will definitely hear that sound, and if it's in a house, it's going to echo like normal. Yeah. So it, it is a loud o. Yeah. If like, you're living in an apartment, yes, your neighbors will hear this. <laughs> Whenever you sploosh, they might hear that anyway. <laughs> this is true. It all depends on how loud you are and or your I, I think. Is. All right, I, I will admit, I try and be considerate of my neighbors. That's why occasionally you have to throw the pillow on the girl's face and be like, "Scream into this." But <laughs> that, you just oh, this, this got really dark really quickly. You just described a murder. Then you, bur- then you bury the body. Less than four minutes fun. in. 
But I think I would. Uh, I, I think I would rather have the orgasm every time I hear the scream because that's more orgasms, and who doesn't like that? And it's not that difficult. You just put like a little baggy layer in your underwear, easy to clean up. Baggy layer. How much do you come that it won't fit in a baggie? <laughs> Yes, a little baggy layer would be fine. You know, you could just like good. throw a condom on or something yeah. like that. A Texas catheter. No, because then <laughs> you, that's assuming that you're hard the entire day. Because as soon as you go soft, the condom's going to end up like kind of coming we're, off. We're, we're going to say we're going to say that you're no, digging I'm, way too I'm, deep. I'm, into I'm saying I, I already said I'm going to have an orgasm works. every time I hear because more orgasms are better, and it's easy to just put a little plastic in it and. Just throw that away after you're done. Throw another sandwich baggie in there. Just keep your cock in the sandwich bag. Sandwich it's fine. Baggies to At least it's gonna be fresh. It's it's good. It doesn't have to be Ziploc. You don't have to Ziploc and shut or anything. Just just set it on there. Nice old school sandwich baggie. Yeah, definitely have an orgasm every time you hear it. Rob, your thoughts on the on the matter? <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with I'd rather uh, that anytime I heard it, I'd rather come as opposed to. Making that sound because cat would kill me. <laughs> cat would be like, I just don't want to have sex with you anymore. That would lead to a divorce, I think. Yeah, that a cat would just be like earplugs, like noise canceling headphones, something well, like that. Again, again, us for four four fifths of the table, it shouldn't be too bad. And and so so let's let's go with your answer. Your your answer is you'd rather orgasm whenever you hear the sound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna definitely go that so, that route. So I'm gonna jump in here because for four again, like I said, for four fifths of the table. Wait, wait, wait. We need to no, ask Cat the Cat, question. Cat, what would you? No, on Rob's on Rob's answer, I want to know, Cat, would it bother you if he made that noise every time he came? No. Would you enjoy it in a weird sort of way? Movie I probably fetish. wouldn't pay attention. Like not. <laughs> wow. Oh, 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 oh. Rob, oh, oh, oh. I don't pay attention to you when we're having sex now. So why do I care? <laughs> But, like, I don't know. I mean, like, you would get used to it to the point... You know what I mean? Like, if you're having sex, like, regularly, you you're would just get used to it. You're focused you, enough on you yourself. You would get used to the Wilhelm scream? Yeah. Okay. I feel like we, it would just become part of I will say this. Star Wars, when episode 7 comes out, that's going to be a wonderful, but wonderful evening. But you also evening. have to say, like, you know... We make, like, derpy faces in the middle, and that doesn't really stop it. So it's not like a Wilhelm scream would really cut things off either. She's got a point. You know? I'll make, like, uh, faces in the middle of it. And of course, people that's, can't that's see that. That's great for the podcast. I know. <laughs> but she said dirty faces. She just dirty did the sound faces. effect that went with uh, it. Yeah. And, like, that still doesn't stop anything. He'll just make a derpy face back. So, I feel like the Wilhelm scream wouldn't really halt things. Alright, now we did cut off William, so... Press guy Bill, aka Wilhelm. Um, Wilhelm. Yes, yes, Wilhelm. The screams named um, after you. Yes, exactly. Wow. I was around in like Beautiful. the 40s and 50s. You know, looking at the size like of your head, I'm just thinking. Oh God, maybe it actually was. Maybe this is he. He came up with this question too, so maybe this is derived from the Wilhelm scream. Actually, was this guy recording Bill jerking off? And then makes that noise, and now Bill's trying to justify it, going, there's nothing wrong with it. Look, you guys all said you'd rather come that way, right? My point is, for four-fifths of the table, whenever you're having sex, you're going to hear the Wilhelm scream once. Maybe a couple times later, but spread out over a decent period of time. 
Yeah. So, yeah, fine. I'll make that sound whenever, you know, whenever an orgasm happens. Because when... it won't, you know, it won't happen constantly. But for sure. some ladies, that, you know, that could be a, that could become an issue. How often did you say you would hear it? Like, be careful how you answer this. Once every, like, half an hour? Okay. I was for a second, I, I, I drifted off there, and I swear that you, I thought you, I heard you say, well, you know, we're guys, so we'll, we'll have it, we'll hear it once every month. And I was like, you, <laughs> one orgasm a month? <laughs> that's not, that's not a terrible number, is it? It's a horrible number. Is it really? Up your numbers, up your game. Hmm. I don't have a game. That's it's a all right. There's plenty of place to bury the bodies. We can do it. <laughs> So I'm going. Wait, I think your idea of <laughs> sexual satisfaction and my idea of sexual satisfaction maybe two different things here, sir. So yeah, I'm going with you know making the Wilhelm scream whenever I come. It's Yay. it's easy, you know. Now I'd keep him rather not be distracted by movies. Like I'm sitting watching a movie, I'm really getting into the movie, and then something Swoosh. big happens and Wilhelm scream, and I'm like, ah, oh, oh, See, now I think that would add to the movie effect. Let's bear in mind, too, you are currently, unfortunately, living back at home, so if there's any self-pleasure in the middle of the night, parents are going, yeah, well, say, people are going to know. Did, did you stab gone. your toe again, Bill? Yeah, that was it, Ma. <laughs> but I do like his point, because for Kat, this creates a little bit of a con- quandary? Quandary. Because guys will have one orgasm. Yeah. Girls I've been with have had multiple orgasms in a quick succession. Yeah. So that does mean that you'd hear like, ah, ah, ah. Like, it's, it's like, like that would be creepy and weird. Five cowboys falling off a roof. Plus, on top of that, I think if that's like if that's an uncontrollable response, yeah, it's gonna make it a lot harder for her to fake it because she'll be oh, like, she'll be like, no. ah. Oh, and Rob will be like, that wasn't the Wilhelm that scream. That wasn't the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> and a side note for our listeners, point. I'm really, really sorry because the audio is blown out through the entire part of this. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Yeah. <laughs> like I get loud. <laughs> Can we adjust so, yeah. it down? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fix it, Rob. Fix, Fix it. it. Alright, how about you, Kat? Um, I would make the sound, make the Wilhelm scream because I don't care. No, I mean, like, I think it's I'd rather, you know, if I'm watching a movie and I'm like, because I put stuff on in the background <laughs> when I'm working on things, and it would be really annoying if I'm trying to work on stuff, and like, all of a sudden I'm just randomly coming because like, in the middle of me trying to type something out, I get super annoyed. And what would be even worse if somebody found this out about you, and then mm-hmm. they just put the Wilhelm scream on repeat yeah, when I move their phone? Failing to so see the pro- rather- what you guys are basically <laughs> saying is... I don't like orgasms. You're like, wouldn't it no, suck if people found this out and you had multiple Wait, hold orgasms hold on, hold a day? Hold hold Timing is important, man. Orgasms are like dessert. You know, if you did nothing but eat dessert all day long, eventually dessert you stops having... A, well, yeah. no, not even physically. The it just stops having hug. any meaning. Like, oh. <laughs> I mean, if you orgasm constantly... Yeah, there'd be no pleasure in it. I don't, I don't think, think it would just be become constantly. Constantly. I think it, I think it would be constant yeah. for a it week would until be people got tired of, of playing it for you. But Dude, no, have the you seen the screen, At least we could like laugh about it, and if a chick laughs during sex, it clenches tighter, so that's a good thing. What clenches tighter? The vagina. <laughs> I think you'd actually say it. <laughs> what? Have you met my wife? I forgot. 
Oh, good lord. I would, I would imagine so, if a girl laughed during sex, it would have to Then you get a tighter keep. pussy. I'm just explaining. I, like, I, yeah, but <laughs> if a girl laughed during sex, I would probably need a tighter pussy because my penis would shrink down. I'd oh, be like, yeah. oh, really? Thanks. That makes coming, me feel so good that coming you're from, at me. Coming from the man who loves comedy... Yeah, right. Really? Not, not, right. not during my sexual relations. Sex. I am really I am funny. exceedingly We've romantic and sensual before. and sweet during sex. I'm I'm an He's old school romantic. Seriousness. I'm an old school romantic He's during serious. sex. Well, there are the times that you just want to fucking have the wild crazy, and we do that. But for the most wait, part, wait, 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 hold on. You said we, we, <laughs> me, and whatever lucky lady. Oh. <laughs> Thought I had to corner. <laughs> I will bug him during the break and find out if that was yeah. <laughs> But it is, it's one of those things where it's, yeah, I'm, I will admit, I'm the old school romantic. 80, 70, 80% of the time. He never ever catches this from listening to this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sweet and passionate with me. As he talks about putting a pillow over his girl's face. <laughs> Sometimes they scream loud and you're like, oh my gosh, control yourself. What? And then the next day you walk out of your apartment as your neighbor walks out of their apartment and they're like, oh yeah, good job. Or the neighbor walks out and he's like, really? <laughs> At 11 o'clock and then 2 o'clock and then 4 o'clock? Well, no sleep that night. It was a good anyways, night. You know, anyways, we're, you. We're, we're neglecting fashion. Oh, I was hoping you guys would fesh. just forget that I hadn't answered. We want to hear your answer. Oh man! Spotlights on you. It is. It is. I I imagine uh, orgasming to the Wilhelm scream would be perfectly fine in my book. Honestly. Honestly, yeah. Because I, I figure it's like I mean, you guys know me. I don't watch enough movies at all. That's you know totally what? Fair. Just wear the cod piece from your stormtrooper armor, or you that. got like a splash built-in splash guard. Splash guard. <laughs> I know. Why are you guys so worried about a splash guard, man? It's like I shower. Wet, sticky boxers are no fun, dude. You just you just made me Wilhelm in my pants. Do you, do you like do you like do you like sleeping in the wet spot? Well, then you wouldn't like walking around in it all day. Eh, you don't know me that well, buddy. <laughs> so I, I, I think you just coined a new term. What? Wilhelm. You're Wilhelm in your pants. Well, that's where the Wilhelm Helm will... I can't say that word anymore. It's alright, I can't work so today much, either. Yeah. It's alright. Wilhelm. Wilhelm. Uh, so this has gone on too long. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so moving on to today. Um, well, actually not even to today. I guess the last, last month. Yeah. Christ, um, it's crazy to think it's June already, but we've actually, since the last episode, one of the big things we were talking about was a lot of the summer movies we were really pumped about, and uh, a couple of us here at this table have already gotten a chance to see a lot of those movies. Um, three in particular, Kenny, uh, can you please speak to Inside Out, uh, the new Pixar flick? Inside um, Out was absolutely fantastic. The problem with this is, as of the recording of this podcast, it has not been released to the general public yet. But by the time you hear this, it will be in theaters, and you should definitely go. One of Pixar's bests, if not That's the awesome. best. It was. How did how did you see it prior to release? Because one of those I'm special am- deals. Because I'm amazing. Yeah, I know you're amazing. Because his work. Asking, I know. Because I work. Ah. The same way I'm going to see Terminator before the release. Terminator which should looks be cool. awesome. It looks really good. But uh, yeah, no, Inside Out, great story, very creative. Very well put together, and at the end, they just went with a barrage of jokes. And it hit my funny bone to the point I literally had some tears coming out of my eyes from laughter oh, at the awesome. very end. Yeah. It, was, it was done well. A really good cast, too, is attached to it. I know, like, it's all Amy based Porter. on... Yeah, Amy Poehler plays Joy. 
Louis Black's Lewis anger. Black yeah. was anger. Oh, how, yeah. how perfect awesome. casting that is, is really that? Perfect. Eh, it might be overcast though. If you, I mean, because that's that's his shtick. I don't know. It was, but it, I mean, he does but it, it well. Yeah, I think it's a kids but, movie. You want something uh, to play, play up that way. And there are some jokes that I think absolutely flew over the the heads of some of the kids, and I think flew over the heads of some of the adults. They went to San Francisco. Yeah. This isn't no spoilers, but they went to San Francisco. And uh, the one guy in the head, I think it was Anger, was saying, there aren't any bears here. Well, I don't know. I saw that one hairy guy. He's a bear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. That's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, obviously uh, we can't talk spoilers again because the movie's not out yet. But there are two movies that are out that I, I feel pretty much okay with throwing spoilers out there. Because you haven't seen it by now. Yeah. You're probably not going to see it, which that's Mad Max Fury Road, which four people at this table did see. I know two people kind of thought, meh. Two people here oh, yeah, really, we're, really we're liked it. We're evenly divided on this. You can Or Bill's say, in the middle. One person can, was not as big of a fan. I was in the middle, and, and I was on the meh side initially after the movie. After yeah. thinking about it and, and, and kind of reading some of the, the articles that were written after it, uh, I really kind of started to appreciate it a little bit more. I thought, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, they actually did a heck of a lot with storytelling and yeah, visual storytelling, not narration storytelling. Even though I absolutely love, you know, the narrator speaking over a grandiose scene, yeah. you know, setting the plot and everything that you need to know about the movie. But this movie was a very visual... Everything was very specific on why it was shot. Mm-hmm. You yeah. could tell that. It was, um, like I said, when we left the theater, I was like, that was awesome. That was all pure show-don't-tell. Speaking of articles that um, came out about it, um, I'll take my hand away from my mouth. Um, Good levels, finally. <laughs> I'm not talking. <laughs> one of the ones, I, one of the articles I read about it that I thought was really cool that I just didn't think about was um, an article written by someone who has a prosthetic limb. Mm. Um, she was saying the movie had such an extreme impact on her because it was the first time she's ever seen someone, like, represented, someone like her represented in a film where it's not, like, you know, she's completely, like, Furiosa is completely capable. There is no, like, focus on, look, she's injured, look, she's injured. It's just a part of her. And, like, that view and that shift in view as not disabled but just a person is huge. And That's she was more of a badass than Max was in yeah. that movie. Well, and the she first such time, a badass. The first like, time yeah. Max ever, you know, actually met up with Furiosa, like, he didn't, obviously, didn't pull any punches trying mm-hmm. to, you know... Well, you also have to think, think about it. Furiosa comes into that movie a badass from the start. Yeah. Max comes into that movie attached to, basically, as a hood ornament on somebody's oh, car. Yeah. He was a hood ornament that has basically an IV run to it so somebody can get fresh blood. I mean... Blood bag. Yeah, it's kind of very clear when they're saying, here's your strong character. This is... We're seeing it through the eyes of Max. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it was doing. Which is why it upset the men's right activists so much. Oh. I know. Which the is men's why, activists were so angry. Which is why I refuse to watch it. I think they're onto <laughs> something there. I think I think they're onto something. <laughs> I can't... See, now, I, I give a different perspective on it in the idea of I can understand that it was artistic and that it represented people well and... That everyone had this amazing backstory line that they told you about in, you know, 
the internet, but not so much in the movie. They just said, oh, these people have storylines, and they incorporated that into the actors and stuff. Yeah. That's all well and good. I don't care about any of that. I watch a movie for entertainment. That's the whole... That's the purpose. Entertainment. Yeah. I'm not concerned with how realistic it is or what the outside backstory or how much creative content they created outside of the movie. I want to watch a movie... And I want to come out of it going, that was awesome. That was like a roller coaster, so much fun. Yeah. That's all I look for. And this, although it was good and artistically it was good and it did a good job with the realism, I don't want realism in the movie. I wanted bigger explosions. I wanted longer okay. fight scenes. Can I, can I cut you off for a second? <laughs> they built almost every vehicle in there. There was a vehicle in Mad Max Fury Road, if you haven't seen it, that was basically a giant stage where there was a guy with a actual guitar that shot flames out of it. Meanwhile, behind the back end of this giant stage truck was like 15 people playing drums, and this thing was going high speeds, and all of it was real. How is that not entertaining? The fact that it's real serves... The fact that it's for the insurance on that fucking film. The fact that it's real means nothing to me. Again, I don't care about that part. Uh, and the guy playing the guitar with the fire would have been awesome if he shot the fire and it blew up the tank of a car and shot it three stories into the air, knocking a bird that fell into another guy. Like, no, I want this huge, grandiose thing. Yes. I was about to say, Michael Bay can't yes. every movie. Yes. I hate Michael Bay so much. I want grandioso. I do not go to the movies for realism. I'm going to burn down Michael Bay in one of his explosions. Yeah, I don't care about Michael Bay. I just want a good, high energy. Okay. I'm going to say this straight off the bat. This was one of my favorite action movies I've seen in an incredibly long time. For one... No, it was one of mine, too. I really it, enjoyed it. You have a two-hour-plus uh, two car chase. And it is a non-stop car chase, except with the exception of a couple small moments. And when they stop, somebody's getting the shit kicked out of them. That is... So, it's action from start to finish. It's not like things exploding constantly because... Oh my god, they actually blew stuff up for well, real. Well, for me, actually, um, with it, like, I consider a movie, like, an action movie a success in my book, at least, if um, it gets me, like, to the point where I'm, like, on the edge of my seat. And for that movie, because I was emotionally invested with the characters and stuff, and I really was, oh. like, I want... Yeah, so because I was, I was on, like, I mean, Rob can attest, because I kept, like, jabbing him and, like, squeezing him. I'm like... <laughs> Um, the other reason I think, too, why it was such a hit for me as an action film on top of it, I love practical effects, but the yeah. beautiful thing about when you do a movie with practical effects, you never have CG taking you out of the movie. Thank you. Uh, I hate that. That's one of the problems with that. things like, you know, like, Michael Bay I'm not a fan of, but, like, I can still appreciate, like, I love The Rock. The movie The Rock was awesome. That was great. But that was also really free before a lot of CG stuff. Like, you watch something like Transformers, which I loved as a kid, and I see those movies, and it's just... It's CG after CG moment that, for me, it's not... I All I can think of is, this is a movie shot on green screen. It, I never feel like this is... I'm, I'm involved in it. Um, it's just oh, kind of... 
Yeah, so you're it doesn't affect me at all. But oh, I, mean, I suspend disbelief at the yeah, drop yeah. of a hat. That, well, that's, that's that's the difference between you and me. Like, I, I really, really appreciate For special, someone who has like, a hard time practical effects. The, like, a movie with the practical effects that they did, that would take them into it more. So I could see why, for you, it didn't really matter yeah. because you don't get irritated by CG. But, like, I know Rob does, where it's like CG will just, he notices it and it tweaks him. I'm going to bring this up to Kat as well because I am, and it's just a difference of opinion. I did not find myself emotionally invested in any of the characters. I didn't really? find them. I didn't find them particularly likable. Oh man! I was. I totally they did. were. They were just average Joe people. They were tough, gruff, average Joe people. Yeah. But they didn't really have a great personality to me. Oh, I totally thought they, they were. They, they none of them were people that I was like, they're awesome. I want to hang out with them. It was more well, like I, don't know if I, I would avoid them. I want to hang out with them, but. Um, you can poker. admire what they were achieving, and like their actions, I thought spoke a lot louder than anything. Like there wasn't a lot of communication, dialogue-wise. Uh, even their actions made but, me go, "I would not want to hang out with them." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I thought Furioso was phenomenal action-wise. She just seemed also... like she was no fun, too serious. Well, yeah. I live in I a mean, dystopian world. Come on, you can still crack jokes in a post-apocalyptic world. Her name is Fur. Uh, what was it? Fur- Furioso. I, mean, I know, which you need to have a good sense of humor about if your name is Furiosa. Cuddles McGigglepants or something like that. I mean, although if I ever have a kid. You know what? I want to see Mad Max with Cuddles McGigglepants just to see what that is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up one more thing about this movie to spark the debate. This is the light on the fuse. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, the plot was freaking boring. Really? Boring. Oh my god, I thought we can spoil stuff, right? Yeah, I thought it yeah. was just a two-hour car chase. It, well, it was okay. There's these girls that are that are being basically sex slaves, and we need to free them. So let's drive really far this way. Oh, it's not there. Let's drive really far no, back no, and take okay. it over. He's oh my lord! He's the huge major crux point of this. Well, it's because I'm Furiosa, wrapping it up real quick. Furiosa was um, kidnapped and brought to this place, like the big corrupt whatever that she works for, and she saved the sex slaves from. So. She was brought there when she was a kid. She grew up in a place that was not as bad. So she wants to bring the sex slaves to the place where she grew up that was good. So it's Waterworld in the desert. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. But really, no. it really, it worked effectively. But, I was trying to be a dick there. But but done, but no, actually, well. like, plot-wise, it was not, you know. And Waterworld was nothing plot-wise wow. for me either. No, it was, it was... But it was the okay. idea of it was, like, um, she was trying to return back to there with them. And so there were multiple reasons. Like, she was trying to save the people, but she also wanted to return home. Okay. And so, like, the whole movie was about hope. And for post-apocalyptic movies, that's a pretty... That's kind of the leading yeah. part of post-apocalyptic is hope. hope. Yeah, I get that. all of the plot movie. points and all of the different actions for the plot points were yeah. just... It felt like the same thing to me. It was like, oh, there's going to be a car chase, a fight. And then we get to this new place in the canyon. Yeah. And guess what? It's a car chase well, fight. That's, that's and then we get to the new place in the mud realm. And guess what? It's a car chase fight. Like, add something different. Put a new spin on okay. it. Okay, the movie is called Fury Road. I get it. This is this is coming from somebody that was like, okay. oh my god, the Fast and Furious 7 was amazing. That would be like, that would be like if, fa- if you're, that would be like you asking Fast and Furious to not have car chases. Yes. Yeah, but Fast and Furious, like, had, Fast and Furious had more than car chases, though. An unbelievable and robbery. So if it was probably. only car chases. And I seen any of them. They had plot points that weren't car chases. This was everything was a car chase. 
in the Fast and Furious 7, The Rock actually gets to a point where he's in a hospital, and he's like, it's time to go to work, and had his arm broken, and actually flexes his muscles and breaks the cast. And you know what? He didn't do it in a car, and it wasn't during a chase, which shows that there were other things happening. Wow. I don't care, and that is that is a cheesy part of that movie, but you know what? It just shows that it wasn't all the same thing. I just They lost. had fist fights, they had car chases, they had airplane scenes, I just they had lost parties, so much they had so many different things. No, no. it was fantastic and you need to watch it it just it shows you with all the car chases it just shows you how integral the car is to, to this post-apocalypse yeah, apocalyptic you're not society on a car, you're dead i mean because in the beginning max wasn't on a car I don't care. his car got taken from him and he got pretty much turned into a human blood bag if you don't have a car you don't have shit <laughs> That's the, like going without the idea. Legs. I think they were trying to get across too is like I, I know we're trying to add all of this complexity to this movie, but you can do that with any film. But the car was kind of is their freedom. Yeah, that I was kind of it, it was having a vehicle was a way to escape. Yeah. Set up, set up, get really far ahead of them and set up booby traps. I think they did that one time. Well, do the and they didn't even show it when they did it. Horde of cars coming after them. A literal horde. A yes. literal horde. Yeah, but there was and a point where they, that, they had there space. are other gangs and then they got stuck in, in the mud. cars that can attack them at any point from other areas that aren't even the people chasing after them because just, everyone's territorial. It's like going to a tri- back to tribal society. For for the record, I'd yeah. like to point out that they need to make something like the Warriors again. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm listening to this and I'm thinking it just doesn't have the same character. That's all I can hear too. Whenever I, anybody brings up the Warriors, my brain goes to Archer and Barry, Barry with the beer bottles on his oh fingers, God, like yeah. Archer, come out and play. And I want to say that's probably the last movie I saw in theaters too. I really have got to get off of my ass. But anyway, out there and watch. Again, we're mixed mixed thoughts on it, and we can what argue this for a Jurassic while. Jurassic World. Haven't seen it. <laughs> Jurassic Damn World, it. solid second place in the Jurassic Park series. Oh my god, I loved it so much. It, it wasn't. Was amazing. Are you saying it was better than the first one? I put it on par. Hmm. I don't what think it was now? as good as the what first now? one. That's why I, I said solid par, second boy. place. Let's be quiet. Let's let's it's, get Bill's thoughts on this it, one. It, I gotta say, I agree with Kenny here because Jurassic Park had Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, he it was, was really good. Yeah. Um, and it just the cast of characters in Jurassic Park was fit, so fantastic. It had more attention, too. That it just, it's so hard to beat that. And it, what was really cool is, I, I thought in Jurassic World, is that they went back and corrected the science. Are we going to, spoilers? Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah. think so. I think yeah, it's, it's been out been long. It's this. been out like two weeks. No, only like a week. Okay. Yeah. Most no, people that read time they hear this. By the time they hear this, it'll be it'll be in its second weekend. Right. So yeah, okay. most people see movies within the first two weeks, so that's I think it's fair. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they corrected the science, which was really kind of cool because they you know, they went back and, and during just a discussion with the geneticist, they were like, you know, you didn't want actually you know, you didn't want realism. You wanted monsters. We gave you monsters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, arguments of, well, you know, I didn't tell you you could do this and this and this. And you said you wanted to scare people, so that's what we did. Yeah. We gave you the creatures that you thought what what they looked like. Right. And yeah. we took it that way. Mm-hmm. And I loved all of the nods to Jurassic Park. 
in the movie. That yeah, was super the, the cool. t-shirt was amazing. The t-shirt was amazing. Um, Where they the visit the to old, the old, old visitor, visitor center. center. And yeah. I love the fact that they still had when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Yeah. That the banner the from banner the, the, the T-Rex down. down was still ripped up in shreds on the ground. And then and then the you know the big you know the big dinosaur Indominus Rex comes in and kind of recreates that scene with the two with you know yeah in the visitor center awesome. at the end. Yeah, I mean you got to see the old gas jeeps and night vision goggles. One thing I really appreciated though with that too was. It never felt like they were shoving it in your face because it was only one scene. Yeah. And there was another uh, another nod early in the movie, too. I don't know if anybody else caught it, but when the kids got to the island, before they actually showed you the dinosaurs, um, like hardcore, they were going in the new visitor center, and there was a kid playing with a touch touch panel display, and they had the Mr. DNA cartoon yes. projected on yep. one of them from the original awesome. movie. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There were some problems I had with this film. Yeah? Okay. Um, one of which was... The forced uh, character traits, as in the, the the story opens with the older brother talking to his girlfriend, and she's like, I love you, and he's like, all right, bye. And you're like, oh, there's some tension there. And then they get on the boat, and he's like staring at these other girls, and they're smiling, and you're like, oh, he's not really into his girl. This is going to like play into this plot. Well, they also somehow. kind of played and that I mean, up, though. They had no reason. They played it up like three or four times, and then did absolutely nothing um, with it. No reason to do it. He was, no a, no. He was I mean, really, that's... His girl, the girlfriend they showed him with in the opening scene of the movie, he was, she was like, I'm going to miss you forever. And he's like, oh, dear God. It was one of those. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it was notable. There was no reason. It, it served they, no, they no felt, purpose they to felt like what I would expect a kid to act From like. a teenage boy, they acted, yeah. they acted, the kids well, in the movie acted, the were act, too, good actors. Like, they were fine. I didn't really they were believable. Really like further them. exploration, I thought it worked really well because his character, so what, what I thought this movie was brilliant with, um, it actually had a target like main character for most demographics. Ages. Yeah, yeah, most demographics. So like our ages connected with Chris Pratt and stuff like that. But actually like teenagers nowadays would connect with that cynical No, guy. I agree with like, that. Like people but my sister's age would connect with that. They would it's look not, at that. That character's not meant like, for you to oh, be your connection. Point. It's that's what I mean. Like no, so I you get look that. at it and you're like, what a dumb teenager. Like but it's not, you're not the audience thing. That's not what I'm saying. I yeah. understand that. I'm saying if you're going to put, if you're going to focus so heavily on a personality trait and bring it up like three or four times, you better, as you're creating a movie, not creating a realistic scenario. So if you're showing this personality trait over and over and over, yeah. my mind's going, this is going to affect the plot somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't incorporate oh, okay. it into the plot, okay. which Ulti- annoys me. Ultimately, we're talking about Two fast moments in a two and a half hour long. No, you're talking about like, like no, three, it was four. Two. I can it tell was, you exactly. He did it the girl before he left. He did it the girl at the airport. He did it the girl at the boat. Okay. He did it the girl waiting like to get in line. Boy, that's yeah, but if you bring normal. it up that many times, we're make talking a about for doing hold it. Hold on, hold on. Major. We're talking about it's a kid. I'm talking Shut about up, bad person. writing. Oh my god, bad writing. <laughs> Ultimately, really good writing. I thought it was normal too. And yeah. honestly, too, here's the thing that all happened before chaos ensued in the park. Exactly. And we're showing these people being normal people. The whole point is, like, that's how he behaved normally, because he was a jaded teenager. He was trying too hard. That's what, that's what they were trying to show with him looking at the girls all the time. It's He's a teenage boy. He's self-conscious. He kept pushing his brother aside because his brother's embarrassing him. And he's trying too hard to look cool in front of the girls. That's exactly what he was doing. Which is exactly what I would expect from a teenage boy. And the, kid, the kids got to be maybe, boy. like, supposed to be, like, 14 years old, maybe 15. Yeah. 
So. It's just I when, it, like when when you're a teenager like that, that's exactly what you do. You're all self conscious and you're like, oh man, you try to look cool in front of the opposite sex. That's, I, totally that's what you do in the real world. In the movie, yeah. in the movie, if you're gonna focus on a character trait that much, I want it to affect the plot. But it, it's not like that was happening everything, once the dinosaurs hit. You everything you know I mean? in a, like, everything once, in a movie should with... serve a purpose. Okay. We're talking it about it created characterization. Okay, okay. <laughs> your, your focus is talking about something like this when this movie's about dinosaurs. Which I will say <laughs> that's a positive thing. Because the raptors were awesome. They were fantastic. I was way were more engaged cool. in the raptor story than any of the people's story. And that's not necessarily downing the people's, it's just saying the raptors had that much person the raptors had more personality than anyone in the movie. They were great. They were amazing. They made you, you, they made you actually, it was cool. They did found a happy balance between you were terrified of them, but you loved them at the same time, and they did a really good job of it. They did a really awesome job of it. Sharks. Sharks. Mm hmm. Sharks. But, um. But I kind of like, like I said, they never crammed the nostalgia down your throat. They Mm -hmm. showed it a couple times, and they made jokes about it, which was cool. And they never were like, hey, remember Jurassic Park? Remember Jurassic Park? But they did little things, though, throughout the movie that were nice little subtle nods. Like when they showed the T-Rex pen, you saw the lamb yeah, hooked up to was, the post. Yeah, it was all set up yep. the same way. But also what was really beautiful about that scene, I don't know if anybody caught it, when they walked into and they were like, there's the T-Rex. And it was a kid on his phone walking past it, and you never saw the T-Rex. It was focusing on the kid on his phone. Mm-hmm. There was a whole bunch of little kids in the background splatted up against the windows staring at this thing like at a zoo. And... A little bit of social commentary going yeah. on then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was but that, that was the point with the teenage boy. It's like he's he was like you know kind of the example of kids get like the, you know. The, and that was the big idea of the movie too. Is they like dinosaurs have have existed in this world now for twenty years. This is so no different for kids anymore than anymore. going to the zoo. Yeah. So we got to make things more crazy, and yeah, frightening. Sure. And I'm so. guessing, I'm hoping everyone will at least back me up on this. <laughs> Best character in the movie, that dude from the control room. Oh, he was awesome. He was amazing. He was fantastic. He was super cool. Oh, on a side note, too, was it me or did the um, owner of the park... like Masera- do- uh, I forget his first name. It was Mas- Masrani. Was he Masera- reminded me of Jeff Goldblum, though. Like, the haircut I- and, like, some of, like... The his mannerisms? Yeah. The mannerisms. I, I think like- he was supposed to be kind of that nod to Jeff Goldblum. I think it was. And because like- He was supposed to be a little bit of John Hammond, a little bit well, of yeah, uh, Ian Malcolm, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he mentions having to, you know... Continue Hammond's vision of you know spare no expense. Mm-hmm. It was cool. It was I really liked how they kind of Don't blended some characters together. Um, Don't eat it. But I think one of the biggest things too was uh, with the flick is um, that made me really want to see Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones. Oh my god! Yeah, he'd be. Fantastic. Yeah. Movie. See, I haven't seen the movie, yeah. but already I would agree with you that Chris Pratt will make a f- oh amazing Indiana Jones. Oh my god, he'd be, mm-hmm. he'd be fucking fantastic. I was a little worried about it too, because like, I'm so used to seeing him in things like Parks and Rec, where he's <laughs> very goofy. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, where he is got the swagger, but he's also still really goofy. Did you guys see him in uh, yeah, Zero Dark Thirty? Jones should I did have not, some goofiness no. to him, so. Well, he is amazing in Zero Dark Thirty. He's only got a, I mean, being part of the SEAL team, it's it's really like the end of the movie, but he, he just, he's a very believable in any role that he decides. But he like, wants yeah. to take on. Good. Here's the problem. I think Chris Pratt's got the personality to go for Indiana Jones. Yeah. We've seen him in Guardians of the Galaxy where he can play the, quote, Han Solo type of character. But he still played it a little goofier, though. He still played a little yeah. goofy. I mean, but when the, but then we also saw him in Jurassic World where he's really, you know, the, 
the guy who's smart, he's, you know, he's in tune with nature and, and knowledge, things like that, mm-hmm. and he's the kind of the rough and tumble, like, Indiana Jones type. Mm-hmm. The only problem I see with him, and this is purely from an aesthetic standpoint, yeah. Chris Pratt is too big. Yeah? I think, and the problem with, with that is, he'd have to lose 100 pounds. I think he'd have really? to lose 100 pounds... Uh, no, maybe not that How much. How much do you think he weighs? <laughs> when he was when he was buff, when he was really buff, probably in Zero Dark Thirty, and in you know even maybe even Guardians, he was probably pushing uh, like two fifty. No, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones was a professor. A professor. professor he was not a beefy man. He was he wasn't slight by yeah. any means. Okay, but, but he was an average. average. So, so you're saying average, 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 average man. man. You're saying that no. a professor can't have a good body? Thank Is that you. what you're saying? Yeah, I don't... So it's I impossible for I, a professor to work out in his I'm spare saying, time? I'm saying that Indy, Indy <laughs> he had a good body, but he was slim and athletic. You need to watch Zero okay. Dark, because I think Chris Pratt's body size in Zero Dark is perfect for an Indiana Jones okay. character. Okay. But like, you even think about it, though, too. Like, um, think about how much, though, he's, his body, body has changed... Based on the roles he's doing. Actually, it has. Yes. Yeah. Any good actor. So, I mean, I'm not worried about his size because I think he's still, he's an average size guy. Yeah. If he just drops some of the muscle mass. I think he'd be fine. Yeah. He'd be fine. But, I mean, that movie and was like, it was just the just was right like, amount of charm, though, he did oh in this God, movie. I think was spot. that matched that oh, yeah. indie quality. I, Definitely. It was good. I want, if, if he does Indiana Jones, I want him a little more charming than he was in this movie. Not that oh, he yeah. wasn't charming in this, oh, but I want a little more. But, like, I want oh, yeah. Indiana Jones to have that whimsical wit and that flair and that, yeah. like, that, that quip after he hits someone. Yes. Yeah. You gotta have that. Yeah, I mean, like, and again, this wasn't an Indiana Jones movie, but that this movie was that final bridge for me. Like, this is the right choice. Mm-hmm. That is definitely the right choice. Um, so, what did people think about overall the the dinos though in this one? Like, we had the new one, the Indominus Rex. That sucked. That you didn't like the Indominus Rex. They made Godzilla. They're like they're okay. Let's learn from the past history. If we put dinosaurs on an island, what happens? They kill people. So what do we do? We do it again, but this time we give them superpowers. What do we no. do? Let's go watch Fast and Furious Seven again. That was the best movie ever. <laughs> have Sorry. you seen it? No, I have then no. Idea. Shut the fuck up, because <laughs> it was awesome, and every single person I know who has seen it has been like, "Yo, it was good." I didn't expect. It. This is what you hear about I'm just Fast having, and Furious. I'm just having fun with you. At how, this many, point. how many? Every how time, many? Uh, every, that was how many? How many Emmys came out of Fast and Furious Seven? <laughs> Emmys? How many Emmys? Oh, wait, wait. Did Oscars? I say Emmys? Yeah, I was like, what? Why did I say Emmys? Oscars. I don't even think it's it. That they haven't even done the Oscars <laughs> since Fast and Furious. But it's okay because uh, ultimately, don't expect too many. But <laughs> every time, every time you ask someone about it, these are the words you hear. I didn't expect it to be good, but damn, was it good. Okay, let's. let's <laughs> uh, no, I'm not gonna even. No, I'm gonna, no one else no, until no, no, you no, see no, no, it. No, no, you no. can't talk. Back to Jurassic World for a second. Okay, so everybody, that was. Was it what we wanted finally yeah, in the Jurassic yeah, Park sequel? Awesome. I was so like a, for a real Jurassic oh God, Park sequel. So more raptors next time. Raptors. I want to see. I would like to see more of that style. Um, that was cool. Raptors. Uh, I was really, really pleasantly surprised. Again, though, like one of the things I still had for between that and Mad Max, though, there was moments in that movie where I'm like, wow, the CG just totally took me out of that in a couple moments. I mean, it was a really good movie, but like if you go back to Jurassic Park one, even if you watch it now, I recently rewatched it, and. Uh, for the majority of it, there's not that many moments where the CG is even jarring now, and that was made in 1995. Yeah. And it's 2015. But they use more practical Yeah, I mean, they did a lot yeah. of practical, but they CG's had a lot of come a long way, too, now, in the mix. Now, let me ask blend. you a question. If this, because I don't know, I don't notice it that much. So when I say I notice CG, it's really bad. But I don't notice it that much, and does this play a factor in it? 
Because when I saw it, I saw it in IMAX 3D. And everything is a little jarring in IMAX 3D. We saw everything. It. Everything looks. We saw it in 4K. Everything, everything looks. A, when you watch IMAX 3D, everything looks a little jumpy. It looks a little st- stinted. Yeah, yeah. So is no, maybe that's normally. maybe that's why I didn't. We, we, notice. we saw it on a 4K screen, so we no, saw it was really crystal clear, no 3D, no. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's why it didn't bother me because I couldn't that's separate true. out any CG from the normal because the normal looked almost CG to begin with. You also can't separate out CG and the Fast and Furious. No, sorry. <laughs> I can see the CG and the Fast I'm just kidding. I'm just having Just don't care because it was good. See, okay. I'm going to watch the Fast and Furious 7 now and Dude. I'm just going to shit all over Because I've dreams. never, I've never, I watched Fast and Furious 1 and 7. You don't need to see any of them. I've seen one. It was just good. <laughs> that's all one, I did. One was a pile of crap. One opinion. was, one was eh. Yeah, so. Seven was fun. That's all it was. Yeah, was but I like fun. Gone in it's 60 still, Seconds. This is Gone in 60 talk. Seconds that was, was fun good too. too. Thank you. Okay, good. I thought everyone was going to crap. Oh. Oh, that oh that because it's got a cage in it. So. He's awesome. I did like Angelina Jolie in it, though. She was awesome. I like her in anything. It's true. So, She's fantastic. Okay, so uh, we, we talked, I think we talked Avengers last last episode. Yeah, we did. So, we did. so we already got that one. And oddly enough, I think out of all the summer movies we've seen, That's Avengers kind of... was the, the lesser of all of them. Yeah. I think. I hear a lot of that. I think there was a lot yeah, of it. Just it was good. good it was fun, to but was honestly, fun, I, had, like, I had a hard time comparing it to a lot of the other stuff I've seen. Yeah. I'm like, no, it seems universally at least. Bill's, Bill's is, it had James Spader's voice. Aww. Yeah, but you can't. You can't. One thing can't be enough to make uh, it right. For him, uh, it can. Oh, well, it, can. Okay. <laughs> it was like the Wilhelm scream the entire movie. Like, <laughs> I will tell you right now. You just I'm, Wilhelmed all over the screen. Yeah. What were you doing in the theater? Back row, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. No one. No one else has had this opportunity yet, but you will soon, and you will understand. Inside Out is trumping. Those movies we talked about. I don't know. Inside I, Out was very well, good. Well, okay, I agree. Maybe possibly, but I think the Minions movie could even beat Inside Out. Minions haven't, haven't seen I'm it, so I can't. Really talk about looking it. forward to that. Banana. Oh, um, here's here's my question, and I'm curious what your responses are. And I kind of brought it up to some people beforehand. Yeah. The uh, the Minions movie can it hold its own with no talking the entire movie? Just those Minion whoa, players. Whoa, 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 no whoa, nobody said there's gonna be no talking. Yeah. I thought it was just no, them. No, no, no there, it's there gonna be three... them interacting with other people, and it's gonna be the other people I'm sure that are gonna do the bulk oh, okay. of the plot building. Yeah. yeah, it's three main Minions working with. Uh, Scarlet Overkill is Which voiced is Sandra, by Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Yeah, uh, okay. and, and it's their it's their boss prior to group. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't know so the plot it's, it's was. Pre- all I knew it's it was a cool movie. Mm-hmm. And you know the three main minions, and they all run around like banana, and the one flirting with you know fire hydrants. Oh, Papagena! <laughs> like it's hilarious. They're so they funny, and they like even I don't know if you saw one of the other trailers, but they actually showed. And I'm wondering if they're going to do this in the movie. It kind of had this history of the world moment in the beginning mm-hmm. of the trailer where it was. There was the minions throughout the ages, where it was them in the caveman times, and they're like, we're looking for a new boss, and they get the caveman killed by the dinosaur and stuff like that, and I'm like, and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing if they play that up a little bit, because it looks like it's going to be the big bad, and they keep ruining everything for the big bad. Mm -hmm. So it it just looks like it could be a lot of retarded fun. There's a a lot of movies coming out this summer. We'll have to, I guess, wait and check them all. Well, next month we'll get to talk uh, Terminator Genesis, which looks really interesting. And then shortly after, um, 
I fetched pulled up some weird. Apparently, photo apparently Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, has pulled off some sort of an elaborate wax museum prank it's to raise money for Because he looks like a, a wax mannequin. Yeah, yeah. But I just I'm, now I want to watch the video. That looks like it'd be a lot of fun. I really we'll love check it. Out it break. I love break. it when actors do that. Um, sorry, mm-hmm. but anyway, though, I mean, like, there's we're getting already close to the very end of the summer movie season. There's not much more coming this year still. Man, um, I haven't. Well, been this, to see a this movie summer. Yet. I mean. Oh, I will say this. I, I saw this movies. in the theater. They're re-releasing Jaws for the 40th anniversary. Yes. Yep. And I will go see it. Maybe I'll have to actually finally see Jaws. I will take you to go see it. I will pay for your ticket to go see oh, it. I'll go Robbie, with I get a date with Robbles. Oh, can I, can I be a third wheel? Jaws. Have you not seen it? I have seen it, but I've only seen it on TV. I'd like to see it on the big screen. All right. There's nothing saying Rob can't both okay. take us. I've never got to see it on the big screen, so I'll happily go see it. It was uh, 1976, so it was a little wow. Bit I really did get to see it on the big screen. So I was four years away from being born in. So all right, wait, wait, everyone, get real quiet for a second. New topic. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was about to do that. So, um, so uh, one of the things I guess it was a good dis- uh, topic of conversation to roll out of movies is we were um, recently been watching some new stuff on Netflix, and we thought this would be a good time to talk about some Netflix originals. I know a lot or of people Hulu Plus originals. or Hulu Plus. I don't know who hmm. has what? But... I have Hulu and Netflix. Okay. But the thing is, it's been really cool is, I mean, like, one of the big ones to really, not kickstart it, I can pun. Um, anyway, <laughs> speaking of later topics. Um, but, like, one of the big ones to really, like, draw attention to the original um, series and stuff is uh, when Arrested Development came out and the new Netflix released the new season. But, like, a lot of the um, independent ones, I know, Bill, you can vouch for Castle Cards. Um, yes. I've heard a lot of people get really, really excited about Orange is the New Black. Like, people are raving over that. We just started watching uh, Sense8, which was by the Wachowskis, which was fantastic. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, I'm about halfway through it, and uh, I blasted through, like, I think almost six hours of it in almost one night. Wow. It was, it was just hard to stop. Good. It was really impressive. It was good. But, like, that's, it's been really neat seeing, because, like, then they release it all in one big chunk, too. So I know people, like... Didn't they um, release the newest Orange the New Black season? And then, like, that just came out. We just had Daredevil just... in April. Yeah, yep. Daredevil was one. Uh, Frankie and Gracie. Frankie and Gracie? I haven't heard that It one. was the one with Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, who oh. they're both married to Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston, and who turn out to be gay and then marry each other. Really? Yeah, it's really. It was really kind of funny and, yeah. and kind of cute at the same time. I would think it was like one of the first times that Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda were back together acting in the same show since like nine to five. Oh wow, yeah. which is going back to like mid eighties. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. There's a lot of. There's been a lot of really impressive stuff that's Can been coming guys? out. I, I would like to Have take this. I would like to take this moment to give you my soundbite, in which you can take and then just. Copy and paste and edit after every show. It better which, be the Wilhelm scream. Which, I'm not wearing uh, no, no, plastic it, lined underwear. It will simply be this. Yeah, I heard that was good. <laughs> you did watch the new season of Arrested Development, though. I, I watched part of the new season of Arrested Development. I've never it. finished it yeah. because I do not subscribe to Netflix, nor do I subscribe to okay, Hulu. So you haven't really so, seen any of the original see, series. I'm on the That's opposite end of that. I've got. Any? I haven't, and, and I really blame myself. I have Hulu, I have Netflix, and I still have cable like a moron. And so I find myself watching cable when I could be over on Hulu or Netflix, and really binge like binging series. the living. Well, I, I stopped in the third season of Sons of Anarchy, and I'm scared to go back. Oh, it's so good, but I it's know. so depressing. Well, no, I just, I'm scared oh. to go back because I don't want to lose all that time. 
It's, um, <laughs> yeah, me, I, need, I know like, what's going to happen. No, like, for me, we got to, I think, season five of Sons of Anarchy, and, like, it's one of those shows that we'll watch, and it's phenomenal, but I need a break in between, because it's so fucking depressing. Like, and, I mean... It's a great we, show, but we, Like, I will say, we ripped through the first, like, three seasons pretty quick, but, like, once you get into four and five, and, like, I think we're close to six, or I'm, I'm, six, or something. I mean, and I know we've probably talked about this before. This is, this is the new model of television. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I almost feel like right now the, the television industry, the cable television industry, is in the same spot that uh, music firms were, you know, yeah. 10 or 11 years ago. When, like, just absolutely, when iTunes came out. You yeah, know. absolutely refusing to accept the fact that times are changing, exactly. staying the old dinosaurs as they, yeah. they were. and, and well, They don't have to, though, because they can just charge us more for internet. Well, yep. well, and they, but the thing is, music evolved into things like Spotify and Pandora and stuff like that, which pay. Um, yeah, but the there artists. are a lot. Yeah, but, but they paid it very poorly. We know a couple do. friends well, on there. I know, I know. But at the same point, it's it's all switching and it's in transition. It could yeah. evolve into something. Uh, you better. know, and, and again, the other thing about that too, if the cable giants drive internet costs up too far, then internet providers are going to come along that do nothing but internet providing, like Google. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and they can provide that service for a much cheaper cost and still make and money off of it because yeah. they're not trying to keep a whole bunch of series that are now failing because people are quickly abandoning cable television for the alternatives. I mean, this is... But that's the thing, too, is, like, I'm what, what's shocking to me, at least, or at least, like, surprising in a good way, is um, the popularity of these, like, Netflix original yeah. ones and, like, oh, yeah. Hulu Plus. Like, I can't tell you how many people I've seen, like, talking about, and I still haven't seen like House of Cards or Orange is the New Black or anything like that, can, but I've heard so many people Can I ask like, a question about that though? Yeah. Uh, with, with, with Hulu and Netflix yeah. do they release the entire season in one giant block? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so basically they're, they're so building a binge watching culture then. Yeah. Yes. And here's the problem with that. I actually have one problem with that. I would prefer to see it stretched out personally. That's exactly my, my, my feeling because like the Blacklist, I was on the edge of my seat every week saying, okay, I need to watch this show at this time, or, you know, if I couldn't catch it at that time, I need to watch it before the next show comes out. Yeah. And I was hooked week after week <laughs> after week, which, again, that plays into TV's model of building That's advertising normal. revenue yeah. and things like that. Yeah. yeah. And the problem with binge-watching, like House of Cards, season three's been out for, you know, since February. I watched the first, like, six episodes of season three in one day. And then I haven't gone back to it, even though I absolutely yes, loved yes. it. Yes, well, that's what I did with Sons of Anarchy. Now, yeah. Orphan Black, which is still a cable-based, you know, we're into season three now, biting nails every week waiting for Saturday to roll around so we can watch it again. And, and not only that, you've got this time in between to develop what you think is going to happen. Right. You start to go, oh, I wonder, do you remember last week when X, Y, and Z, what is this leading to? When you yeah. binge watch, you don't get that. You get, boom, answers, 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 answers. Yeah. And you can talk you know. about it with lots of other people. Like, I mean, That does change that culture. Um, actually, one thing that is a little hinge pin in that, though, is um, Netflix is starting to re- like um, release... Do, like... Show a week. Yeah. Ah. They yeah. had a couple because I well, I checked out I like one and I saw the first episode and I was like, "Where's the rest of it? It's a Netflix original. It should have the whole thing. It only had the one." They're testing um, new models. Yeah. yeah. So they're trying things out. They're trying the binge watching aspect, but they are trying the other route too. For so it's cool because like people who prefer like the way you know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I like the I like it to build slower. That too. Yeah. And this is and the the one they did it for was a good one to do it for because it was more of a mystery type of mm-hmm. you know which is the perfect model like a right. comedy. Yeah, yeah, release can... it all in one go. Because, yeah. like, um, really, 
You just put that on for fun. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I had a really, remember, kind of a, a TV stressful moment when it was April. It was like three or four days after, or actually, no, it was a week after Daredevil came out. And, well, you're, it's still 12 hours of TV you have to watch. <laughs> but, like, oh, you knew you were going to, we knew we were going to run into all these people, and all of these people were like, oh, my God, did you watch Daredevil? Did you watch it all? I'm like, I haven't had an extra spare 12 hours to watch an entire series of TV this week. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Yeah. They all want to talk about it then in their break-off, have their discussion. And for you to come in and like, oh, I finally watched it a month ago, and they're like, oh, we're done with We're that. done that. We're talking about the next binge. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. that's a damn good point, too. That That is that is a little tricky. With the week-to-week TV episodes too, because if you're an episode behind, yeah, but it's easier to talked. catch up. It is oh, easier no, to catch up. Yeah. You know, yeah. if yes. you're five, six, seven episodes behind, that's on you. If you're one episode sure. behind, you know, there's ways of catching up. You can still talk about earlier stuff. Exactly you can still the strategize. problem that's I have true. with one of my managers. She finally caught up, and I'm finally waiting to talk to her about the blacklist, Aww. even though it's already been like two months. But I will, I'm going to jump in and say I agree with Bill on this. I like the idea of spreading it out week after week. I, I personally don't like binge watching. I will do it sometimes, not to the extent that other people do with a 12-hour block. No, I can't but there have been times where I've sat down and I've stared at the television screen for like six hours straight. And then eventually turned it off, stood up, and felt like shit. Because I'm like, I just wasted my day. Yeah. I don't like... Get it. I don't. I like the fact that I don't have the ability to get sucked in. I that actually, much. I like binge watching because I work the entire time. I put some. So for me, it's oh. always background. So like, oh, see, I, I can't do that. Well, if I'm if I'm blending for solstice brews, I'm working with my hands the entire time. I want to throw on something so I can just watch something while I'm working. So I will work for an entire day of like catching up with all my tea stuff and put. The show on in back. You blow through a lot of TV that way. I may not be fully paying attention to all of it. There you go. But, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. You can lose details. Again, I'm okay Kat, with that. Kat and I are opposite on this <laughs> yeah. in the fact that when I watch something, if I have it recorded and there's advertisements and I fast forward through the advertisement and then I see the show and I hit play and I miss the first like you five seconds, I will go back yep, so to watch those first five seconds. I do. Because what if there's something in there? I want to, I, <laughs> I watch the screen. I am sucked in. I am in that world, living totally the experience not. of the characters when right. I watch the I can, I can still get very attached to it and stuff like that, but all I need are little snippets to grasp onto. I will fully admit, well, I can't really grab, like, I couldn't sit there and regurgitate quotes or anything from it because I'm only half paying attention because I'm half working on whatever I'm working on. But that's the only way I can really watch. And that TV. doesn't work well I, with animes if they're uh, they're I can sub. do it. Yeah. No, I'm such no. a, no. I'm a fast if reader, man. Sub, I can do it. Yeah. Get the hell you know what I would love to see? I would love to see Cat watching Wayward Pines because that show is first off, if you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. I probably wouldn't binge it then. It's one of those. No, things you where you would ha- have to. That's one of those where I want to binge it. The episode ends, and I'm like, next episode. Right now, next but episode. But if it's something where I absolutely have to pay attention You have to, to pay attention. Then it's something that I really couldn't binge, and that's the point. I usually just put on stuff that I can work, mm. and like it can work as background. So it, it, is, it is usually comedy stuff that I put on. It or, is basically a mystery that's going on, and they're giving you snippets of information here or there, and you don't know how they connect, and you have to actually watch and try and figure out what's happening and what the person actually meant when they said this and listen to the little words. Because I've gone back and there's things where someone casually said, oh, yeah, I've, I've liked you since I met you. And you're like, well, wait a minute. 
You just met him. What's in you? If you weren't paying attention and picked up that since I, it changes everything. You have to do that with Wayward Pines because it's an M Night Shyamalan film. Yes, but it's but, 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 it is Sixth Sense M Night Shyamalan. It is not the Village M Night Shyamalan. I have never good. seen the Sixth Sense because it somebody spoiled good. it. For me. We should uh, Unbreakable. Yeah, I saw Unbreakable. We should uh, we should use an M Night Shyamalan segue. E three. What a twist! <laughs> actually, not yet. We're gonna, actually what we're going to do is before we get an E three, I think we're going to take a break. Take right a break there. and then E three. We got we got a we got a prank to look at on the internet. Yeah, I really want to see what yeah, the hell that we was about. To check out. So we'll be back in just a few minutes, and we'll start talking about some interesting things happening in the world of Kickstarter and talk E three. This week is E3, uh, and I know this is going to be, we're going to kind of probably skim through this pretty quickly, because I think at this table, I'm the only one that watched pretty much all of it. Coverage, yeah. Yeah. You um, are correct, sir. <laughs> so, but I did catch at least the majority of these people at the table kind of up to speed on the bigger things that happened. It reminds me of Sesame Street. This was sponsored by the letter E and the number three. <laughs> Wait, what are the, you doing, Bill? This is important. This means something. <laughs> this is this is a, a couple bottle caps here. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. What is the bottle caps thing? Explain Two fallout. words. Fallout. Fallout yeah? 4. I've never played Bottle fallout, caps so is the currency. It's, it's the currency. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. Actually, here. We'll, 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 we're going to run, we'll run through this start now. Fallout. And we'll actually, here, we'll run through this actually first before we even hit Fallout. We'll Why? start at Bethesda's conference because Let's that's that, where yeah. that was announced. Okay. Um, one of the big things that they showed off at Bethesda was we finally got to see the recreation of the new Doom. Um, which I can give you a chance to show you guys. Didn't the video. Oh, I am I super stoked to see what that looks like. Yes, Doom um, was my first like game I oh, ever played on. One computer. of my first ones too. Um, Wolfenstein so 3D. So. Yeah. Well, they recently just okay. recently redid Wolfenstein. Um, it's called the New Order, which is fantastic. And New Order. They look like they they took what Machine Head Games did with Wolfenstein and id Software said, "Fuck it, if they can do that with Wolfenstein, and Tell it's our, me. one of our properties, we're going to make." Doom really good again. Tell me the new Wolfenstein has as many hidden rooms as the original Wolfenstein did. Not quite as there many, are but there are. Inside there, are hidden, inside there are hidden rooms. Oh, and one of the oh, coolest things them. is they put out an expansion pack that you can get on PS4 and 360, or well, sorry, Xbox One, 360, all that jazz, um, called uh, Wolfenstein The New Blood. Um, New Blood. It's an expansion that launched right before E3, a um, couple, like about a month before. What platform? Uh, you have a PS4 to play on PS4. It's yeah. 20 bucks. It is okay. a prequel to uh, the New Order, but there are random beds throughout the game that you can take naps in, and you're playing original style pixelated Doom with your new skin nice. hands, like the new skins for your hands and guns. Oh, I'd love to see that. And apparently, it's pretty cool. There are yeah, there, actually nightmare moments that take oh, you back to the original. So style. good, it's pretty cool. But the new Doom, though, um, Bill, you saw some stuff on it. I saw some stuff on it. I I think that uh, it's going to be as good as the old Doom was. Yes, that's and, hard to that's hard to live up to, honestly. But I I think they've got the great the best idea because they want it to feel like the old Doom, where okay, you're going to run through this level, yeah. you're going to shoot a lot of shit, yep. you're just going to keep running, yeah. keep running and shooting, keep running and shooting. And you know, one of the things that I kind of laughed about too was like old first person shooters back day, they always be like, 
Each level is kind of a puzzle. You need the red key card to yeah, unlock yep, the red yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. They did that. And what they did was slightly different because they had biometric handprints. Oh, nice. So it was a red door. And then they actually, what it was, was... Yeah, to there find was, the creature was, whose hand no, fit it? No, it was one of those Marines that died there. The, the dude ripped his arm off and put it on the biometric nice. scanner to oh, unlock the so door. Good. And I'm like, that's such a great nod. That's um, awesome. It was really cool that they did it, but it's very fast. Yeah. Uh, all the original weapons from Doom 1 and 2 are back, including the chainsaw, the double-barreled shotgun. Double-barreled like, shotgun was the shit in the But day, the game yeah. looks awesome. And they have the Doom map. Uh, they have, uh, what was it, um, what's it called? Snap map. Uh, the new, um, editor. So they're giving everybody the ability to make their own maps and create their own game styles. So whatever you can dream up that's in there, you can populate and make these gorgeous-looking levels in matters of minutes. The original, one of the, one of the Duke Nukem expansions way back in the day had a, a level builder. Because me and my brother used to land, battle each other like crazy in these arenas that we'd build. I'm really happy to see that. Um, now, as far as that, uh, Bethesda's conference was really just four, four or five games. It was nothing major. Um, one of the other big highlights was uh, they announced Dishonored 2. If you played that, uh, the first one, a lot of fun, very kind of like the original Thief. Uh, mixed with Assassin's Creed, just a ton of fun to play. Mm-hmm. Also reminded me a little bit of uh, Hitman, which I know is a series Kenny loves. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was a steampunky world. Yeah. Uh, big difference with this one is you now have two playable characters. There's a female um, assassin uh, character and um, the same male assassin from the first one as well. So you, there's two different storylines you can follow through the game. They're both very different from each other and different play mechanics, which is cool. And the bottle caps that Bill referenced and we mentioned was obviously Todd Howard and Beth- uh, Bethesda uh, came out and said, "Here's Fallout 4. Um, so I'll let you two, I'll, like, I'll let you guys just go crazy with that. It, one. It's funny because I, uh. I know the references, but it's it's the same problem that I have with most pop culture. I know the references. I haven't really played the games. You, sir, should go to hell. I should go to hell. <laughs> um, no, I can't. But no, I know about the bottle caps, and I know about you know general Fallout stuff, and I, I think that it's an awesome series. Yeah, no, I really need to get to play it. Yeah. And what the the collector's edition or something like that is going to actually have and a pip boy that you can you know like put your phone in and actually use it as like a, and you know as a the time of and as at the time of this recording, uh, which is the Thursday. During E3 week, last day of actual E3, uh, that sold out two days ago already on Amazon. So unless you go to Best sure. Buy or a GameStop that still has them in stock, you're not getting one. Wow. Son of a bitch! So I would oh. definitely recommend if you have an interest in getting a Pip Boy thing, start hunting those shops now. Amazon sold out in less than 24 hours. As awesome as it is, all four going. I, I can't see spending the money just for well, the, you there. Know, there is a but. cool bonus. Um, they are releasing a free app on uh, iOS and Android that is a Pip Boy second screen experience for the game. So your phone will be your Pit Boy, and it will mirror exactly what your Pit Boy is doing in the game, and you can use it to interact with the game. It's not going to do me any good. I can I can't do anything awesome people do with so, phones. So no, uh, but uh, but that I'm, is that is a free app that's going to be launching with it. I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to to the gameplay. Uh, Boston, I'm looking forward to running through the streets of Boston, just blowing shit up. Honestly, that that's going to be amazing. Uh, man, I just I can't wait. Um, <laughs> Plus, it looks like you get a lot more flashbacks. Uh, yeah, they did say before. They did the say we're actually going to see what the the world before the bombs dropped. Yeah, so you you're gonna. I mean, it almost first, seemed that's like... the first time ever in Fallout history. Yeah, 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 which is pretty cool. Uh, they also added some new cool mechanics. Uh, the VAT system's back for you can do the the new normal um, FPS style uh, combat, but they also have the VAT system from Fallout Three, which is where you can pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the, no, the, that's your targets what you were hitting, so you could vastly important for, like for Kenny. Um, and cat, basically, that was basically kind of like, um, say, for example, 
you pull up your your gun in the Whatever game, and you'd see highlighted points. You could target their head, their chest, their shoulder, and it would their give forearm, you the percentage leg. of the chance that you'd have to actually hit, hit it. Yeah, and that was based off your APS, so it would store up over time, so you'd get X amount of shots based on... It was really, really good for when you went up against... So you could play really it very RPG-esque, or you could just play it like a first-person shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, a okay. great, it's a great mix. So it's kind of a nice blend. It looks like there was uh, some tower defense in this one, too. They showed that you were going to be able to build your own fortress, and you would have to that defend I'm, it. Yeah, that I'm looking forward to. That's going to be so, really off the wall. So that was cool. They did say definitely male and female characters again. Um, they got rid of, for character customization, no more sliding bars. You actually grab the part that you want to work on, and then you can start moving like and Dragon bending Age? Ooh. Yeah, but no no sliders or little points to knock left and right. You yeah, actually, Dragon Age turned into, for Inquisition, mm-hmm. most of it turned into the pulley thing. Yeah, well, they're, they're doing it even better than that. This wow. was a lot... Smoother, yeah. um, but uh, well, and, and just the open world experience of any Fallout game, you know, I love that that open world sandbox. Yeah. You know, you can follow the plot line closely, or you can just run all over the map like all you like to do and start trouble. And it's so much fun. Um, yeah, and the last thing too that was really cool this first time on consoles that you're going to have mods. Mo- uh, the PC yep. mods are going to translate uh, translate over to both Xbox One, which is going to get it first, and then PS4 will get that. Sometime down the road. So, uh, but Fallout 4 looks fantastic. Yeah, uh, the looks first amazing. trailer looked a little rough around the edges graphically, but the stuff for me looks pretty good. Some concerns for the graphics, good. yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there was a nice little bonus too. If you end up picking up on Xbox One, you also get Fallout 3 as well, which, uh, was a nice transition into Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft, one of the first things they kicked off their conference with is they did announce backwards compatibility on Xbox One. With Xbox that's 360 games, huge. yeah, that's that's um, massive. So yeah. digital games that you did buy on the the storefront, they said will ultimately over some time will show up on Xbox yeah, that's, One. That's, that's massive. That's a gigantic. If you're in the beta, uh, the beta OS system, the the, the previews uh, where you can preview the new builds of um, the interface, you already have access to it now. But if you're not part of that, it'll be available holiday, and they're starting. I think this is before the end of the year. There's going to be 100 Xbox um, Xbox 360 titles available, part of backwards compatibility, and they're going to be adding more as time goes on. And that will work with discs, and it will work with your digital content as well from that. That's huge. And uh, That's they did say huge. online will still work because it's mod, it's emulating Xbox 360, so when you play those games, it thinks you're playing on Xbox Live on Xbox 360. Didn't they mention that you could also play like Xbox 360 game? Like, if you're playing... The version on an Xbox 360, you can also play with people on Xbox One or something like that. I thought I heard. Uh, I thought no, I heard, no, not maybe quite. Backwards? Well, yeah, well, they backwards. said if somebody is has or on their that's original 360, right. yeah. because the system does think you are using a 360. Exactly. Okay, so, that's that. That's so if right. your friends still have an Xbox 360 and are playing, say, like Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, and you're playing that on your Xbox One, uh, you still can play that's with your friends on 360. Yeah, cool. so that's cool. And they did say there's no additional cost yep. for. Uh, the old games you have that what will become available and it's bit by bit. They did say the only thing that's not they're having some trouble with is games that are multi-disc. Um, so they did say um, it's going to take a little bit longer on games like Mass Effect Two and Three. Uh, they did say Connect games will not work with Connect Two but that was pretty much the big things. Uh, they haven't talked much about DLC and if that's going to work or not though yet. So yeah. um, aside from that, one of their other real big ones they kicked off with was Halo Five Guardians, which is another Halo game. Yep. Uh, this is 343's first big game. Well, first big real Halo game for Xbox One. Um, it's co-op multiplayer, or, well, co-op, uh, uh, four-player storyline. like, five seconds of a Halo game. But did, uh, did they, because I've been hearing rumblings about it, did they take away split-screen co-op? Like, 
I don't on the know. same console. I do I've, not know. I've heard from some people that they are not doing that, where you know you would have to basically play online with other people for the co-op experience. I thought I thought I, I saw during the 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 videos that we watched that that they did have split screen. I'm thinking of something different. Well, I don't know if it's four player co-op on one TV though. I don't know if that's oh local. well four player. Yeah, they yeah. may have just been showing that for demo purposes. Gotcha. Um, that could that could be really bad though, because there's a lot of people that like to play those Halo games co-op in the same room on the same TV well, with someone else. Me and Kenny are always been we love playing co-op on the same TV. Like every time we play games, it's it's the best way. If having people over and be able to play on one screen is always mm-hmm. the best experience. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, beyond that though, um, like I said, they did show Gears of War four, um, uh, which looked exactly like a Gears <laughs> of War game. Yeah. Um. Beyond that, though, too, I'm trying to think if there was anything else big. Uh, Kenji Inafune, who the guy that's making Mighty Number no. Nine, he announced a new game uh, that's Xbox One exclusive called Report, um, which it looks like it's a strong female um, lead character. Uh, basically, it kind of looks like a mixture of an action and puzzle game. From when I saw the full trailer, that's kind of the um, impression I got just looking at a little bit. We basically, saw. the full trailer from the show basically showed her with a little robot AI dog that had this glowing blue lightning stock, and the dog explodes and kills a whole bunch of enemies that were trying to kill her. She takes the core and put it inside of a larger person, and they continue their normal interactions like nothing happened to him. He was just in a larger body. Translation, so, he'll be portable. Basically. Yeah, that's uh, kind of cool. Overall, though, like, and this may come off fanboyish, since I've returned to Sony, I was not very impressed with Microsoft showing, besides um, for the backwards compatibility. Their biggest things really were that. The, they showed Forza 6 like you would expect. They showed Fable Legends, which a lot of people still aren't excited about because it's not a traditional Fable game. Yeah, I know. Um, and that's the only thing I'm disappointed with leaving Microsoft and Xbox is that I can't get to play Fable anymore. Um, and then the last the last one that was kind of a big shock for me um, is uh, Rare Studios came out, which are the guys that were responsible for games like GoldenEye back in the day. Perfect Dark, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, Jet Force Gemini, Blastcore, a lot of these greats. They made Battletoads, all this stuff. Killer Instinct. Uh, they are finally making a real game again, uh, breaking away from Microsoft's hold of doing... Uh, they were the guys doing all their Kinect games forever. They were the guys responsible for making the avatars in the Xbox 360. What are they doing now? They're making a game called um, Sea of Thieves, which is a pirate... That's that pirate that game. So that yeah. looks like a Pixar movie. That, that looks... But they did say it's very RPG-esque, uh, and it's a multiplayer RPG, like and it, it looks like it'll be a lot of fun yeah, to play. No, that, that looked really uh, good. And they also announced, kind of cool on top of that too, was since the 30th anniversary of Rare, they're doing 30 of their best games that they've ever made, and it's $30. And That's that includes really cool. every version of Perfect Dark, Cameo from Last Gen, um, all these really awesome greats, and it's a well-worth well worth package. Um, but uh, their big, huge, huge thing, I will say, though, is they showed off HoloLens again. Um, which is their response to VR, like things like mm-hmm. Oculus Rift, um, the Vive headset, uh, and then Project Morpheus. And as opposed to VR, this is, again, um, augmented reality is the best way I can put it. But against that, and the only thing they've really shown off so far with that, besides for showing like, oh, look, you can have you know your weather and you can see your weather display like right in front of you as you're cooking breakfast. You know, here's a table with Minecraft on it. I'm going to actually tell Holy you this. God. Before you <laughs> yeah. go judge that any further, there was one other video that showed up today. They didn't show up at that conference. There was a Halo thing that they did with it. Uh, and there are videos up of that online that you can check out that had to do with Halo 5, where you were exploring part of the Halo universe through um, that actual um, using HoloLens. And it was interesting where it was like, there's a waypoint. And it actually mapped out the, the area they were in. They were in an office. 
And it was down the hall. They actually had to walk down there, and everything was moving along with it. And it was like they were in a living game, but they could still see people walking through and acting around them that were normal people. See, that that's an awesome idea when you get right down to it. Because I guess it removes that barrier. If you're in a yeah, VR experience, you are now shut off from everything around you. Yeah, yeah and, and that was going to say, in every VR experience I've ever tried, now granted, it's a long time ago when VR was first really coming out. It just was chunky, blocky, didn't feel real. The idea of uh, superimposing... You know, 3D objects within your actual visual field. That's that's an incredible leap mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I think you know. Um, but I mean, again, it was a, it was a solid press conference. Microsoft has definitely been on the uptick in the last two years since Phil Spencer's been there. Guy really knows what he's doing, and they're really turning that brand around from the Xbox One's original announcement and launch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really happy to see that they're doing well. Um, they stopped focusing on here's Call of Duty, here's Battlefield. We're going to spend all the money in the world to lock down these properties and keep them for ourselves. But now they're saying, we're going to focus on our first parties. And they're finally doing that, and that's what they needed to do. So I'm really excited to see where they're going to be next year. Because here's all the franchises that they've had, and they said, we're going to put them all on one stage. I want to see where those first party studios are next year when they're like, here's our new IPs. So um, aside from that, though, there was an EA press conference and the Ubisoft. We're going to just blaze through them super fast. There's nothing really special there. Um, EA, we did see Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, which is Mass Effect 4. Uh, new protagonist, um, it's supposed to be very similar to Mass Effect 1 in its very, uh, vast exploration. Um, the mate goes back, so you're driving around again, too. No! I don't want to go. <laughs> Take it away! Um, but they said the storyline's gonna be as deep as Mass Effect 1 Good. with the combat structure of Mass Effect 3. And that's all we really know. Uh, we saw Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which is the prequel to Mirror's Edge, which looks fucking gorgeous, and it's open world, which is even cooler. Very cool. Um, uh, looks like, uh, and that's gonna be slated for early next year. Aside from that, it was sports, 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 sports. No, it's EA. It's, they brought, it's, they, they, they brought Pele out on stage for FIFA soccer, and he talked for 15 minutes, and the audience fell asleep. Of course. Jesus. Um, I think FIFA soccer, the game? Yes. Yeah, I mean, in that game, I'm assuming you have the opportunity to, Except large bribes. <laughs> I, I could only imagine from where they're countries going with that, and so. pe- I mean, come on, let's make it realistic. Right. <laughs> Cover ups for how many Cover-ups dead people yeah, that made your stadiums. This is FIFA. <laughs> FIFA. We are a brand. This is what we <laughs> this do. Is what we do. <laughs> It's like, how can, how can that would be such a good game though, wouldn't it? Yeah. If you had that to go around and launder money, well, Chris, they put it that in accept you. They have the draft yeah. now in the Madden games. Why can't they have yeah. the bribes for the World Come Cup? Come on, that would be beautiful. <laughs> that would be hilarious. How else did Qatar get the game in the middle of a hundred and twenty-five degree friggin' summer? EA's day? FIFA bribery manager, oh, twenty fifteen. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so Ubisoft. Uh, I think that'd be interesting to see the underbelly. Of, oh, that'd be great. Uh, so real quick for Ubisoft, we saw Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which the looks fine. Uh, it looks good. They're gonna drag me back in. I kind of wanted to stay I away. Never Assassin's Creed. You'd hate it for the combat style. I would also hate it for the shitty accent in that game that you played. I don't remember which. This is going back to uh, AC2. Cat was like, oh Whatever. my god, the Italian accents this drew a Oh, but Ezio was such a good character. Oh my god, this accent! I wanted an Italian a accent. Baby. Oh. They were so annoying. I forget. Well, Rob, Rob finally turned it off because I kept making fun of the accent. I couldn't so play much. the game anymore because I was, was distracted. Like, every time they spoke, I just kept mimicking them really loudly. No, good lord. And he was just like. The best part, the best part of the Assassin's Creed series when you were at CO was that one moment 
where you go into Leonardo da Vinci's, you know, studio, and he's like, oh, Ezio, give me a hug, and you actually have to press a button to hug him, and if you miss it, you miss hugging Leonardo da Vinci, and you're like, no, I need to turn off my game right now and go back and do that. <laughs> but Assassin's Creed Syndicate is a big, huge change for them, too, because when they announced this game, they said, hey, right before they announced the game, they said, Last year, we put out an Assassin's Creed game. It sucked. And, and it sucked. And they put up clips and bits of everybody's reviews of destroying the game. Oh, Jesus. And they put this in their announcement trailer for the new one. It says, one of the worst Assassin's Creed games ever made. Rush to market. Buggy, glitchy. Microtransactions everywhere. Blah, blah, blah. And they said, we are sorry. This is not what we should do. And we've been rushing these games out the door. And we lost focus of what we should be making. And okay, they good. said... That- they said, we're removing all multiplayer from the game 100%. There is no longer any multiplayer in the Assassin's Creed game. They are removing all forms of microtransactions from the game. Good. Amazing. Good. Um, they said, everybody's wanted, wanted a female character. Everybody's tired of not being able to have a female character in this world. You have both male and female Don't characters. Don't die, Rob. Sorry. Oh, Had God. You're choking on yourself. <laughs> and oh, that got ooh. added to the slideshow. Why are we not using phrasing? <laughs> Um, Kenny so, is so quiet. That's okay. I've got. What are you so- talking? About? I've been saying you're gonna cut out all the dirty jokes I've made over the last segment, aren't you? <laughs> I, I'm saving the best for last, specifically for bastard. The one about your aunt with chlamydia was great. I'm gonna take it out, and no one listening is gonna hear it. So uh, we do know the male and female assassins both play differently, which is cool. Um, so one is very aggressive, one is more stealthy. So people have multiple ways more of playing. And stealthy. 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 And the, the best way to play a game. Yes. And the salty. best part, the best part, it's in fucking London. Yay. During the that time of Jack cool. the Ripper. That is pretty cool. Gonna, uh, will they do good British accents? Yeah, because... They it's, did good Italian accents. Come on. I do good British accents. Oh my god, no, Kenny, never. I would not if they had all the British people talk like this. I'll put it this way. You don't that have to worry. Hackney, They're a European Hackney, game developer. Or Hackney Cockney, thank you. They are a European game development company, so I don't expect there should be too much of an issue. Wait a minute, I thought they were Canadian. Ubisoft? Yeah. You think everybody's Canadian? Uh, they have teams over over in France. Okay, so. okay. Uh, but, uh, so... Yeah, but it could be shitty if they get, like, the janitor to VO it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they have a, 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 a British team, but, but they're all French guys. So they're bugging, like, the janitor and the mailman and shit to come out and speak. Speech. Well, yay coupling. It never gets so the last big thing, though, for UB was um, we did see a little bit more of The Division, which is kind of their action RPG game. Uh, that's the multiplayer. Plans. That's, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to that. I've been looking forward to it for years since yeah. a friend of mine showed me a, a trailer for it. Yeah. Then we did see Rainbow Six Siege a lot more in advance. Then there was a yeah. new Rainbow Six. Uh, it was called Badlands, I believe. Um, Nobody cares about And then um, they had a new game, though, that actually looked very interesting called For Honor, uh, which was really kind of cool and kind of came out of left field. Um, kind of the whole objective was... Um, it kind of looked like a little bit of Dynasty Warriors, but take that to a deeper level. Um, like, you were actually dealing with hardcore sieges, and it was meant to be small squads against small squads in those wars. Um, but they had different things like the Huns, the Knights, uh, all these different things. So you got to kind of see, it kind of looked like Deadliest Warrior, but on an epic, massive scale. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of looked like it could be cool. Um, but that was kind of their big stuff. And... Uh, I guess we'll move right into Nintendo and we'll save the, the best for last. Dude, that's Mario sure. World Builder. <laughs> Holy 
God, the Mario World Tour. <laughs> Super Mario Maker. Oh, jeez, it looks so great. <laughs> which I will say uh, comes out mid-September, which means it'll be out before Extra Life this year. So uh, you can play it extra. One of the things I think we're going to do is before Extra Life, everybody's going to come over that's participating this year, and everybody's going to make a level. Am I? Am I? I'm coming to that this yep, year. Yep, you're all oh, making yeah. awesome level. We should do a podcast 16 hours in. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that'd be Just terrible. Be that'd be the worst cast. thing ever. Exactly. Do that at like 22 and change. Let's do that. <gasps> no, let's do the full 24 gaming. Do a podcast nope, meeting. Nope, yeah. nope, no, because you wake up when the sun comes up, and you can attest to that. We open the windows, we open the blinds, and everyone woke up. You gotta do it when it's still dark. Yep. Do it at do it at like five in the morning. Let's do it. Let's do a derp derp uh, derp derpcast derpcast. Derp Thank you. Well, no, we can do it. actually. Maybe what we'll do is we'll record our last game, oh, our last idea. board game. We'll do a, a board game yes, together, and we'll so actually funny. set up and record the final game. Okay. I'm sorry. So, like, <laughs> go on. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Super Mario Maker. Um, and we saw this with Little Big Planet when people could make their own levels. Oh, is, cool. Nintendo, is Nintendo going to have any like uh, kind of oversight about the levels that are made? Yes, actually. Here's the really interesting thing. So in, we're not or, in order vagina. to be able to—that's what I was thinking. In, in, <laughs> I was going with vagina. In order to be compatible. share your levels online, oh. you have to be able to complete your level. Okay. Oh, so really? You can oh, so you can't just build it. So, so it can still be a giant penis. Yes. You can have dicks everywhere, but you have to be but able to finish it. your level. Okay. So as long as you bounce off all the dicks, you're fine. There we go. That's and been my motto throughout life. <laughs> the cool thing is, too, in this game, too, if you grew up uh, late 80s, early 90s and had a Super Nintendo, the mechanics of building the levels looks oddly, oddly familiar to Mario Paint. Mario Paint. Yeah, I was... Okay. And that's they had some cool I, things, too. Like, for yeah. example, they have every enemy type that exists between from Super Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers 3, and Super Mario World, and um, New Super Mario Brothers. Those are the styles, with no Super Mario 2, because it's obviously a very different game. Um, but there is a chain chomp. There is. Then we're good. But it doesn't matter. The cool thing is, even if they didn't exist in the original Mario... Because they existed in one of the other ones, they made sprites to match those game styles. So this, they did some yeah. cool things. So when you want to add a character into the level, you can pick them up and you shake the character on the stylus, and it changes their attributes. You can make them faster. You can have them heat sink. All these different things. Hmm. So they had some really cool stuff, and uh, I've seen everywhere from ghost houses made to the pirate ship levels from Mario Three Underwater giant Worlds penises. to giant penises. So, there's you a, seem a little fixated over there, Cat. So there was some pretty cool stuff, um, and uh, I have to give a good nod because I had a feeling when we talked to uh, Brian, uh, Brian Sergison and uh, the guys from Image and Form back at Steampunk's World Fair. Uh, I when I was talking to Brian, I was like, I really hope you show up on somebody's stage. They showed up in Nintendo's indie indie uh, spot on their digital. Nice. That's awesome. So big props That's to our friends cool. from Image and Form for Steam World Heist. Uh, so that was really cool. So uh, definitely go back and check out the interview. Uh, the game looks fantastic, and it was cool to see them get that highlight because they're, one of their first games ever was on the uh, DSi um, storefront. Yeah. So it's cool to see them being back on Nintendo. Um, and uh, the other big game they showed off, though, too, was um, Star Fox Zero, which is Platinum Games, the guys that made Bayonetta 2, uh, are the guys that are going to be making the new Star Fox. And apparently it sounds like a lot of what they're doing is... Um, they're taking a lot of unused ideas from Star Fox 2, which was never released, and a lot of the ideas from Star Fox 64, which was one of the last big classic Star Fox games. And uh, trailer was a little underwhelming, but um, I'm really hoping hoping they, they pull it together. Platinum usually does a great job. Um, sadly, outside of that, though, 
we didn't get much more from Nintendo. Uh, nope. They had a very quiet year, a very short press conference, and very little on the show floor. Well, they so, released, had very little to show for they, it. They released, but... you know, Smash Brothers in November, and that was that. That keeps me. That keeps me coming <laughs> back to Nintendo. Well, we got more characters out of them. Exactly. So, so are we on Sony? We are on Sony. So this is the last bit we're going to cover for E3. Obviously, there's a lot more out there, um, but uh, Sony's conference. So I'm going to start off real quick into saying there was a game that was out there called Horizon. Um, which was this game by Guerrilla uh, Games, the guys that were responsible for Killzone. Um, this was a very post-apocalyptic world. Oh, that was the one you were talking about. Yeah, the, uh, basically a very kind of savage world. It kind of looked like... Oh, um, cool. Basically, power cool. went out, thousands of years passed, AI got really smart, and became dinosaurs, which yeah. was kind of interesting. Robot dinosaurs! Um, it looked cool. You like you were actually awesome. savage humans hunting, cool. h- hunting these massive beasts down for power sources and such. It looked really awesome. Uh, definitely check out that trailer. Um, I think it's called, uh, your full name is Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, aside from that, Media Molecule uh, showed off their new project, and they were the guys responsible for uh, Little Big Planet. It's called Dreams, which is another oh, cre- another kind of one of their play, create, share style games where you're meant to be able to create almost anything you can imagine, even more so than Little Big Planet, but it's supposed to be massively easier to create than mm-hmm. Little Big Planet, which uh, if you ever try to make a level in that game, it's kind of a nightmare and a half. But this looked very much, it was using the sensors on the the DualShock 4s, where you could actually just sketch it out using the light bar. Uh, so there was some really cool stuff, and they showed some really gorgeous stuff, and they said, honestly, really, anybody can make this very easily. Cool. So they uh, looked like they're going to do something very cool with that. Um, they did also steal away Call of Duty from Microsoft, which was, <laughs> it's maybe not a big deal for a lot of gamers, but that is a big blow against Microsoft. Um, we did see Star Wars Battlefront. Which and, is going to be amazing. Which looks gorgeous. And obviously they showed the Taken King for the Destiny fans that are still out there. Uh, more Sony-exclusive content. But the big three things um, that make this probably one of the most memorable Sony conference ever, and everybody's saying it too, um, they showed off the conference, and kicked off their conference with The A Last Guardian. dead Gu- body. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little game called The Last Guardian. So if you ever played a game called Ico or Shadows of the Colossus, this is the long-awaited third game in this series. Or from this creator um, that was originally supposed to come back out originally early on in the PS3 lifecycle and never did. That team has not made a game since Shadows of the Colossus. It's a long time. And that was back on PS2. a long time. Um, But um, everybody thought this game was dead uh, for a very long time. And they said, hey, look, you guys have been wanting this forever, and here it is. And they showed a good ten minutes of that game off, and it looks gorgeous. Um Looks like it's going to be still that puzzling, puzzler-style game that mm-hmm. we're all expected it to be. Yeah, that weird dog yes, yep. the bird dog that everybody loved. Very it's actually really cute, too, when you watch the full video. It it's looks uh, super adorable. Very, very expressive. Um, the other huge one, too, and this kind of is going to link into our next conversation in a moment. Um, so actually, I'll actually leave this one for last. The second one, which is probably the biggest one, um, Adam Boys uh, from Sony came out on stage and was like, hey, back at PSX, there was a little thing that happened that we made an announcement, and it pissed off a lot of people. Not us specifically, but somebody from Square Enix came out, um, who was the head of the Final Fantasy brand, and uh, they kind of trolled everybody with a Final Fantasy bit, and if you go back to when the PS3 was announced, they had a little tech demo showing off, here's Final Fantasy VII Remade, and everybody's like, oh, this was just a tech demo to show what the system can do. And everyone's like, fuck you, we want this game. Yeah. But uh, when PSX happened, uh, and they showed that off, they're like, oh no, it's the PC version of Final Fantasy VII, which looks like <laughs> shit and has terrible music. Uh, 
we're bringing that to PS4, so everybody was pretty pissed. But yeah. uh, they said, look, here's the real deal. We're actually really making Final Fantasy VII. It's been in development for some time. Um, it, like, the trailer looked fucking it, it did look I remember, because like, Rob, Rob was watching it in the other room, and he called me in, because I love Final Fantasy, I mean. And, like, you can't, like, the trailer was beautiful. I mean, granted, too, it's not in-engine, uh, but it's probably using Square's uh, Luminous Engine, their new engine. Um, okay. Which means that's probably at least game code for whatever they're using, or they'll use Unreal 4, which is where uh, Kingdom Hearts is using, Final Fantasy XV is using. Yeah. Um, so we know it's probably going to be gorgeous. Thankfully, most of the original creative team from Final Fantasy VII is back on the game, which makes things and people feel a lot happier. Um, so Nomura is back on there. Uh, That's cool. This opens the door, though, because I, I was reading other things today that if they really, re, you know, if they really truly remake Final Fantasy VII, they've got to start going back and remaking more. Because like, they probably six. will. I need them if they remake Final Fantasy VII, which was a fantastic game. They need to go back and remake six, which is my favorite of the entire Final Fantasy series, and yeah. I would just love to see it. Yeah, completely redone and just um, oh god, that would be really cool. be amazing. Well, you think about it, like they've re-released majority of the Final Fantasy games, and we've been hitting that gap between six through nine have not been touched. Yeah, uh, and I think this is them saying it's time for us to finally touch these ones. And they did say there's a lot more Final Fantasy games they want to remake, and not just from the PlayStation era. So that means they're looking at really wanting to go back. Yeah. Um, which means probably six is probably going to be the next big one if they do this treatment. But again, even with this tease, I, I don't think we're going to see this game for at Not least five years. Yeah. It's going to probably be four, four, four to five years. It'll be this generation, but probably on the back end of it. Um, it's going to be a long time. It will be. A long time coming. But um, I don't think they're also going to have as much resources on this one versus um, like Final Fantasy 16, the next one. Because that's... That's square. They're going to want to keep moving forward and iterating, and this is just a side project. Yeah. Um, obviously, you have Tetsuya Nomura trying to finish Kingdom Hearts 3, so I can't imagine yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake is getting done or really ramped up for at least okay. another year until yeah. Final, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is done. The guy got pulled off the project of uh, 15 because he was doing that in Kingdom Hearts, and they said, we need to ship a game. Focus, yeah. Yeah. So they've been using IDOS games like or, uh, Tomb Raider and everything else to really kind of help fund them right now. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll see Final Fantasy 15 early first half of next year, Kingdom Hearts 3 20, 2017, probably 2018. We'll probably see FF7 maybe. Um, but uh, the last big one um, was uh, Yu Suzuki, a guy that's known for the creation of a game called Shenmue, which was back from the Dreamcast era, one of the original first open world games, even before Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, this very, very cool game. Nobody ever thought we'd ever see another one. Uh, the second game came out at the end of the Dreamcast 2's life cycle and was ported over to the original Xbox. And um, all of a sudden, this guy tried it out on stage and they said, Hey, this is Yu Suzuki. And they had something that Sony does called Building the List, hosted by Adam Boyce and G. Corsi, which they basically say, Tell the fans, whatever you want created through these systems, let us know and we'll do what we can to make these games happen. Final Fantasy VII was one of the top of the list, and they made that happen. Shenmue Three was the other one, and they said, we're going to launch a Kickstarter for him, help him get this kick, uh, kicked off. They're trying to see if the investors, there's enough backing. Well, no, it, it's funded. It did. And it funded really quickly, too. But uh, they were looking for $2 million, um, and they got that in less than, I think, what, 10 hours? Holy Jesus. Yeah, something like that. It was the fastest Kickstarter ever. 
Um, and they still have a month to go. Um, but it's kind of funny, though, because this kind of leads us into our next conversation. Is um, It's kind of interesting because the original Shenmue took $47 million to make, and they're asking for two. Holy shit. But I think that is more for intent to purchase for whoever's backing him for real. Mm-hmm. Making sure that this is this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we fully blow into the Kickstarter thing, because I know Kenny wanted to talk about it, I have to say just for Kenny, because he's been the quietest through this conversation. So quiet. I've been talking, though. You're cutting all the shit out again, aren't you? <laughs> Fucking hate you guys. <laughs> I had gold during that, and they cut it all Kenny, out. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5. Really? Yes. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I will keep this very brief, because I know I want to get off of E3 for everybody else. Um, because I could go on this forever, and I know I'm going to start getting death layers. Um, but they did say this. Two-minute, three-minute levels again. No open world. All original style. We already know the Warehouse 3, the School 3 are uh, active levels in it. Uh, up to 20 people online multiplayer if you want. The Create uh, create a Park is back. Nice. So you can create your own skate park. That was always fun. Um, they got rid of the skate challenge, the pick-up skate, but they kept combo in. Like, they had to collect combo in a single combo. Okay. Three-minute timeline. They did change some controls, though. Um, grind has been removed somewhat. What? Huh? They now... Triangle is now mapped to something called slam. So if you're in the air, if you hit triangle, it slams you back down. So that's how you grind now. You're So if you jump up, you hit that, and it just drops you down on what you're on. So grinding is now more precise. You have to be more dead on to hit it. But they said it was also built so you could actually hit the lips of things and not overshoot them constantly. Yeah, that can definitely come in handy. But I did hear they also uh, moved L1, L2. L2 now is a, is a push, to, like a fast push, so you don't just have immediate momentum anymore. You actually have to build up your speed properly. But they added okay. L1 as a break because you're going to be moving faster quicker. Okay. So, But aside from that, they said everything is unchanged. And uh, it, everybody has said that they've played it, plays like Tony Hawk 2 and 3 does. Do you still have the ability to have a competitive game of TJ Farley back? I don't know if Horse is in <laughs> I don't know if Horse is in. They did show a big nod to the old games, Officer Dick, the hidden characters, back again. And they said they will have big superhero characters as hidden playable skaters again, too. Yeah, um, but they did say uh, that comes out in September, so we'll have that before Extra Life as well. I will so, definitely be interested in playing that. Game. So, with, with this new Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, are you allowed to play Tony Hawk as like at like age fifty? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they do have current Tony Hawk, and they have his son too. Dude, so. he can still skate, man. Dude, yeah, I just yeah. saw something recently, and he can still throw down. That's nuts. So, uh, but yeah, um, the game still looks a little sketchy as far as graphically, but everybody says it's, it plays the way the originals did. Cool. Um, and that's pretty cool, because I was a little worried when they said who was making the game. So, RoboMoto, the guys that made the collection pack, that it just didn't feel right, and they said we fucked it up and we realized what we did. So, But everybody that's touched it so far, E3 says it feels like Tony 2 and 3. Cool. I'm, so, I'm down for it. I'll definitely play it. Alright, so I'm going to let you guys take over the Kickstarter thing, because I know you had a lot to talk about. Well, the main thing that I saw happening in Kickstarter, and maybe some of you out there in Cyberworld are aware as well, is that there is now the authorities getting involved to start regulate, and it's coming down because of a Kickstarter project called the Doom that went to Atlantic City, or the Doom from Atlantic City. It was a board yeah. game. Uh, and the Doom it that came to Atlantic Doom City? Doom that came to Atlantic City. It was... 
Should have been very easy to create. It was basically a reskinning of Monopoly and yeah. putting the Cthulhu mythos on it. Okay. Raised hundreds of thousands of dollars, which was huge when this came out because it was years ago. And then the guy stepped in and said, Hey, backers, um, I used all your money, so I don't have any left to actually make the game. So tough shit. And he walked away. Now, one of, the, one of the board game companies was very cool, and they stepped in, and they actually made this game, so it is available. Yeah. Although, a reskinning of Monopoly, I don't know why you want it. Yeah, right. But they made the game, and they put it out to the backers, which was very cool, and everyone thought that was the end of this situation. Now, years later, the authorities have stepped in, and a suit has happened, and a settlement has been reached. Yeah. I'm not aware of what that settlement is. It was closed. But it is putting the word out that you can no longer go on Kickstarter, take people's money, and then just walk away because the authorities will get involved, which I think is a fantastic thing for I Kickstarter. Here, here's a counterpoint to that. Okay, so you're making a game. You've got a great idea for a game. You want to start making it, but you have a day job. You have bills to pay. You've got a house to keep over your head. You raise money on a Kickstarter to fund the game, by which I mean... Quit your job and actually go into production for this game. Yeah. You try to produce the game for a year, two years, and nothing comes of it. You still have to pay yourself because you are an employee of your company that is trying to make this game. Yeah. If There are risks and challenges with Kickstarter. Every Kickstarter lists, hey, these are the risks and challenges with you know backing this project. And just like anything else... With, you know, like people backing a company, you know... You're an investor. You're an investor. investor. Remember, you're investing in a product. It turns into almost, you know, you're you're skirting the edge and and almost a slippery slope of of how much is too much. I can understand, yeah, you shouldn't go on Kickstarter and say, I'm going to make this game and just take people's money and then Mm -hmm. spend the money on yourself. But what if you're honestly trying to make a game and it just doesn't work out? I would imagine that there are some kind of regulations that are going to be put in place. This is brand new and it's in its infantile stage. But it's going to be something like if you get a grant from the government, you can't just say, I want a grant, and they give you the money and spend it. But if you get the money and you try... They let you. They don't ask for well, it back. And Bill, they the other, look for um, thing to consider with this is okay. I do see your point. Like, what if you make it and you're just not having any luck with it? Well, then you still put out a product, even if it's a shitty product. It is still a product, and then all that all that means, and that would equate to a failed business proposal. But what you can't do, and that's why I do agree that there should be authority stepping in, is produce nothing, because. You know, anyone going, if you are going to accept the responsibility of putting up a game for Kickstarter, you should know the basics of how to make that stuff, what to buy, what to do. Because, I mean, Kenny's researched it, like Rob and Kenny when they were working on theirs. They know before going into it, this costs this. That is just basic, like, responsibility of any business or creative proposition. I wouldn't go and put a book up for Kickstarter if I didn't know the costs of hiring an editor, hiring a professional cover artist, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. That's... And I agree with that, and I, I don't know the details of the story, because yeah. I haven't looked into it enough. And yeah, okay, it does really, it honestly does sound like the guy was a sleazeball <laughs> and just did fund a Kickstarter to get people to give him money. Yeah. Um, well, there's always going to be frauds that are going to use whatever the latest 
Exactly. Uh, you know, well, and and the really the the part that I'm concerned about, it makes the you know burgeoning board game maker, you know, a little more cautious. Like, are we gonna stifle creativity by you know stifling Kickstarter? I don't think so. I think it'll temper it with judiciousness. I think like by having more stringent. You know, like, by knowing that the authorities will step in if you don't put out something, or, you know what I mean, if you fraud your investors or your backers, um, it might have people who research a little more before they put up this Kickstarter for something that, you know, because right now, anyone could put up whether or not they know how to make a game. But, I mean... And that's really not fair to, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean... Up until up until this point, and and probably it's probably been happening for like a year or two. Kickstarter was a great place to go and see all these mm. people's ideas and and for sure. contribute to these ideas to get them you know to get them to happen. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of increasing creativity because it was allowing people to go out there and say, "I have got this great idea. Is anybody else going to back me on this?" Now, like the last thing I did on Kickstarter was basically just buy a board game. It's just a giant marketplace for pre-orders now. It's going to go both ways, and I mm-hmm. see each side of it. Uh, originally, Kickstarter was made for, hey, let's. I have this idea, and I don't know how to get it out there, and now big companies are using it to actually use as a pre-order, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to fault them that much because it's testing the market. It's I have this idea, and I don't know if people are going to want to use it, so I'm going to put it on Kickstarter and see. I have no problem with that. As far as the stifling creativity... I don't think it's going to do that because I'm not saying that they're going to have some kind of weird regulation where you need to put out a high quality product and you better have priced it right. But I'm saying they should have some kind of regulation that steps in and goes, all right, you didn't complete your product. Show me where the money went. And if you can say, you know, I spent the money trying to get this made, but it was way more than I thought, but here's the portion that I have done. And I, I, but if you step in and go, where'd the money go? And you're like, uh, I don't know, but there's like a Lamborghini behind you and a Mm -hmm. new pool. Exactly. All right. No, that's, that's like when you're putting up your, um, with Kickstarter, you put, okay, if you donate $5, you get this. If you donate blah, 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 you get this. Well, that is, you know, the agreement. I think it's a contract. Given, I think is. that is a yeah. contract you that you're entering into. You are being given money to provide this service, whatever you listed it as. If you are not following through with your end, that's on you. And that's, you know, that would be like if you promise to give a game. My point is, it doesn't have to be an amazing game. If you realize you got in over your head... And you don't know how to Give do all some this of the money stuff. Back. And you can't. There's there's no unfortunate way to do that. Then what you can do is make a shitty game. I mean, unfortunately, as much as that sucks, you still have to deliver. If you got yourself into that mess in the first place, learn, make your mistake, fuck it up, but still put something out there. It's better than nothing because at least you know. Well, there was the a really, there was a really interesting kind of situation so. with that was. Um, one of the first real big Kickstarters was Tim Schafer and Double Fine Studios when yeah. they said, we're making a game that's a point-and-click adventure. And everybody's like, well, okay, we're we're interested. And uh, they're like, well, we're going to make this because nobody else wants to make it. All these publishers keep saying this is a stupid idea, and they come up with Broken Age. They fund the game like crazy. It was like the first video game that blew up on there. Um, they started making the project, made a ton of money, and they're like, we have a lot more, so that means we should dump all this into the game. 
and they made the game more ambitious than they originally planned to, and it wasn't ever meant to be what it became, and then they're like, crap, we are out of money, we overdid ourselves, and they had to reach back out for more donations to finish the game. Um, and they got a lot of heat for it, and what they ended up having to do was they went on Steam Early Access and said, here's the first half of the game, if you buy this and didn't back it, that money is going to help us fund to make the other half. And they got a lot of shit for that. And the game came out and it ended up being fantastic. Yeah. But, I mean, it, a lot of this comes down to resource management. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's something. But if you are going to enter into something like Kickstarter, I don't think that should be, you know, just like a whimsy thing. Like, if you... Because if you tell people, hey, I'm going to make this movie or make this, you know, music, like, album... I can't think of words. Um, if you're, I'm going to make this album, and then you don't follow through... Hey, I mean, like, you're not going to get any more backers, obviously, for future projects. But on top of that, I mean, like, that's just, I don't know. I don't like that. I think that's very... Well, there's also the point that, and I don't think most people do this anymore, Kickstarter was meant to assist. It wasn't meant to fund the whole project. And a lot of people nowadays go, it's meant to fund the whole project. I need $10,000, so I'm going to ask for $10,000. It was originally meant to say... Uh, I need ten thousand dollars. I have five of my own. Does anyone want to lend me the other five? Yeah. But I can see that being an issue because, especially with the economy the way it is, yay government, that <laughs> people can't afford to put like five, ten thousand dollars of their own money into it. Fesh can. He's the only one. Because <laughs> I, I, I have stacks. But if you're, if you're going to do this, <laughs> just sit there and figure out how much things cost. Do your due diligence. Do your research before going into it. Yeah. And then ask for more money than you need because Because you're going to hit snags. Or if you don't ask for more than you need, be prepared to shell out of your own pocket because in my opinion, this is, this should be a legally binding contract. I I am giving you money for consideration, whether it's a product or a service. And that is the that is the statute that we have made this on. And if you don't hold up your end of the bargain, I should be able to sue you to get my money back. Well, That's it's, what it's similar to selling things online. I mean, like with Etsy, for example, you put a craft up for sale. It's you know, people assume and expect that you are going to send them said item, and that turns into. And if you don't, well, you should have be penalized for that. You know right. what I mean? That is. You put, yes, it's easy. Like, I could make up an Etsy listing for something random, pull the pictures from somewhere. It could be non-existent. Have someone buy it, and then all of a sudden back out. Mm-hmm. Should I be? Well, Etsy actually protects help? against that. They do. But my no. point is, and that's why I'm saying it's good for people with, like, for Kickstarter to have that change, because if people don't, like, if they do it on Etsy, like, that's that would be considered, if you look at it in that sphere, because it's for sale... That's considered, you know... That's the tricky part about a lot of this, though, still, is ultimately, again, though, you're investing in something that doesn't exist. And whenever you invest in anything, whether it's a company, if that company fails, they don't owe you anything back. You Mm -hmm. invested because you... That's true. You are taking a risk in something that's not not existent, and you're trying to help it become reality. If it doesn't, there's nothing they can do about it. Um, That's the problem, is if you start policing Kickstarter a ton... Then you're going to also start getting people that back a project and like, this isn't what I expected it to be. And you're going to start having that argument mm-hmm. come into play too, which is like, hey, there's a board game and they said it was going to be this. 
And I don't think, it, expected it to be, though, I don't really think that would follow under the same purview. Because, mm. again, using Etsy as an example, you know, if you were to send someone something and it's not what they expected it to be, or it was like, I was dissatisfied with this product, that reflects in reviews, not in any sort of action, because there is that distinct line of, were you given if it an match, item? If it matches the description. Were you the given an item and it matches the technical description, then you are covered. And I think with Kickstarter, the way that they can handle that is similar to Etsy, where as long as it is matching the description of what was promised... It does not have to be the quality. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I understand what you mean, but and I think we're gonna have to just. Well, I think we're gonna have to. I hate to use this phrase. Agree to disagree on this <laughs> because Kickstarter still feels to me, and it mm-hmm. still should be, kind of the you know an idea marketplace. Yeah. Yes, you should have your own money to put up because you want this idea. You know, this is your own idea. It should act like a company and its investors. You know, a good person has an idea for a company. They put the time and effort and their money into it. And they have other investors that put into it and expect to get a percentage that they put into it out. And that's the same thing with, you know, that's honestly really the same thing with Kickstarter. If it fails, it fails. Yeah. But you're investing, investing in an idea. But it better fail for a real reason. It better fail for a real reason. That's true. I have, like, two kind of quick interesting points for it. Um... There was one of the oddest things with Kickstarter, too. It was Oculus Rift. Um, Oculus Rift got funded. It was only, like, what, $250,000 to... They were looking for 500000 to make that. Mm-hmm. That company became something huge. Um, and then they got bought by Facebook. That was a huge issue. A lot of the investors got angry, and they said, before the product got came, uh, came out, and it's still not out yet, people were like, this got bought up by a huge company. Don't we deserve some of that money because we helped invest in making this company? No. Yeah, no. You, no. Bought, you bought a product. Yeah. You bought a product. It's a pre-order. But then that's it's the what, problem. You're not, is, invest, is you're not investing in the company. Yeah, you're not investing not in the company. Macro. You're pre-ordering yeah, yeah. something yeah, this in is, order to help fund This the is not macro uh, venture capitalism. It's, yes, it's but not. at the same point, there's, there's you have a distinct to, like, difference. That's the that's the point, though, with Kickstarter. It is good, like because that they're policing things more because things do need to be defined better. Mm-hmm. Like you need severe definition with that stuff because yeah. if you have a lot of that gray area, people will jump in and. Yeah. Um, the other point I was going to make is who here at this table is back to Kickstarter. Yes, uh, I have. Still waiting on my product. But okay, yeah, I've, so I've backed multiple four. Kickstarters. I've never had a problem <laughs> except for one, and the only problem is it's going to be six months late, which in Kickstarter is pretty good. damn early. Okay, <laughs> so, Kenny, what did you... I, I, I just want to go wrong real quick. What did you back, and why did you back it, and did you think there was a risk in backing it? Uh, I have backed uh, multiple items, most of which are from major major companies already, so I've had no worries in backing them. They've come very, very quickly. They've basically come when they said they were. The longest I've had to wait is for Viceroy, which I'm still waiting on, but is in production and it should be coming uh, only six months after they, they initially intended. And that's usually the only risk I have when I order from Kickstarter is uh, they give you timelines and they almost never adhere to the timelines, but that's just that's because fair. that's any product. Yeah. Most That's why you never hear, at least for board games, you never hear a release date for a product because they never know when the release date's going to be. Yeah. Fish. I'm trying to look it up now. I can't remember. I don't, you know, honestly, I can't remember if it was a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe. 
Yeah. So there could be a difference. It was uh, the Same artist thing. and the, the the vocal artist for uh, for Gur from um, uh, Invader Zim. Ricky Simmons. Yeah, I think uh, their studio had burned down, or something happened to their studio, oh. and they needed to rebuild. And I did like a twenty-five dollar donation. Again, I cannot remember if it was a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe. It might have been a GoFundMe, honestly. Probably that. Um, But I did get a piece of art. Uh, It was Gur, and it was signed by Rick Simons, and I was happy as yeah. Yeah. That's one of those things at my house that I have to get a frame for. Yeah. But uh, very happy with the results from that. So, Bill, Uh, I'm in the same boat as Kenny. Actually, quite literally in the same boat as Kenny. Viceroy. Viceroy. But in our defense, does Viceroy not look badass? Yes. That looks amazing. Yes. But again, you know, like and he said, this product is already done. We know we are getting well, it. Well, and and in, indeed, like I said, they've they've told us it's on the boat. Yep. It's on the boat coming from China, waiting for oh, it to get here, so yeah. they can actually ship it out on the ground to us. That's super cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a big company that I decided to back to not, you know, really invest in the idea of a game but to pre-order a game and for the value that you can get on some things in in kickstarter like i backed it for 40 bucks and i'm getting the game and all these extra things that you wouldn't normally get with the game that should be priced at probably about 50 bucks Mm -hmm. like it's it can be really good for certain things and yeah i you know again if you do your research i'm only going to invest in things and back things on kickstarter that i do my research on yeah, and, and then I truly believe good. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only one for me, actually, no, I did two. There was one called The Devil's Tree, which was uh, local indie filmmakers uh, in Philly. Uh, it was people that we knew, like uh, Mike Saga, uh, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. They were doing a, a slasher film based off of uh, um, Philadelphia lore, um, and I think most of its film that's going through editing still it hasn't come out yet. But it was a low, low amount that I chipped in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recent one was one of the big phenomenons recently, which was Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which was Kogi, uh, Koji Igarashi, which has got it made uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And, uh, I mean, that's just ended, and they're saying that's not releasing until, like, sometime, like, first half of 2017. Like, it's, it's a video game that takes about two years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and, like, but even still, like, that was a hard, hard call for me to make. I'm like, I'm dropping $60 now for something I'm not seeing in two years. But still, it's... It's an investment. It's, it's, it's an it's investment. Like you treat it, uh, treat it like an investment. And the, it seems like they're doing some really cool stuff with it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, but at the same time, you do get a little worried or a little scared if that was just, if it's wasted money. One other thing I will say about Kickstarter that bugs me. Um, if you back a Kickstarter... I think there's absolutely no reason for anyone in the general public to have their hands on that product before the Kickstarter backers. And that's happened. I've heard about it where people back something and it'll be in stores before the Kickstarters receive their product. That is bullshit. That's unacceptable. That's not cool. Yeah. I'm I putting up the money that. up front. I deserve to be able to the have that product and use that. it before the general public does. Yeah. yeah. I agree 100%. Well, yeah, like I said, it's interesting. It's just something that really needs to change. Yeah. Um, and with that, we're going to close out, uh, get ready to start closing out the show. And how we do that every episode is with our Merry Fuck Kill. And this is a very special one. Uh, we actually had a, uh, one of our listeners reach out to us, Michelle. Uh, and, uh, Hi, Michelle. Hi. We just wanted to say. We love you and your breasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. We wanted, to, we wanted to honor her request for our MFK this week. And uh, we've been doing a lot of theme ones recently. And... Um, Hers was came at a kind of a funny time because the day she hit it uh, hit it to us was the day that me and Kat just got back from seeing the Wizard of Oz at the Fulton Theater, yeah. and she actually wanted us to do Wizard of Oz characters. So tonight we're gonna do 
Cowardly Lion, the Tin Man, and the Scarecrow uh, for tonight's MFK. <laughs> so, Michelle, this one's for you. So, up. Oh, man. And um, Kenny looks horribly off guard, so I'm going to start with Kenny. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. The Cowardly Lion, the Tin Man, and the Scarecrow. Well, there's no way in hell that I'm fucking a rusty piece of... No. I don't think anyone's going to have sex with the Tin Man unless they want tetanus. So the question is, are we going to kill the Tin Man or are we going to marry the Tin Man? Well, I guess that means we're going to have to look at the other characters. You've got a cowardly lion who I think we all agree is the obvious choice to have sex with. All right. It, 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 we're, we're talking about the movie, right? Yeah. Everyone yeah. just gave me this blank stare about, like, what are you talking about? All right, out of the out of the movie, the cowardly lion is big and squishy, which means his vagina is going to be all squishy and nice. Then it's a male dude. It's all a, right, it's a male lion. his male butthole. Then his male butthole. I'm gonna have to have. They're all men. Then I'm having sex with someone's butthole. Do you want to have sex with a real? Actually, a two real of them person? probably don't have. Buttons. Do you want to have sex with straw, which is just going to get jammed into your pee hole and not fun at all? Or do you want to get tetanus from getting sliced up from rusty metal? And we all know he's rusty because he needs his oil. Now, besides the fact you've got the uh, cowardly lion, so whenever you're having sex with him and you're getting close, you just go, boo, and he'll start to shake and quiver, and it'll make everything so much better. Yes, absolutely. All right, sex with the cowardly lion. For the quivering butthole. Okay. Uh, that means that you're either going to marry or kill the Tin Man or the Scarecrow. The Tin Man, you could just, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with killing the Tin Man because it would be easy, and I wouldn't go to jail for it. If you murder, if you murder the scarecrow, you're probably going to have to light him on fire. That's the only way you're going to kill him, and that's homicide. If you murder the Tin Man, I'm sorry, officer, I didn't realize he was outside in the rain. Done. <laughs> Done. You're not going to jail nothing. Then you've got the scarecrow, and the scarecrow is always, like, lovable and cute and goofy. Plus, he would be more fun to curl up with at night. Absolutely answer. Sex with the quivering butthole. Killing the non-homicide, not going to jail, and sleeping with the cuddly one. Fesh looks perturbed, so Fesh, you're next. I'm going to approach this from an entirely different angle. I'm going to approach this from an investment ideal. So first and foremost, I'm going to kill the Tin Man. Okay. Because I'm going to sell his body as scrap. To so afford the necessary investment. wedding to marry the cowardly lion, who I will then kill and sell his bones as aphrodisiacs into third world country markets. I don't think you're allowed to kill more than one of them. You have to marry them and stay No, 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 no. To, as far as I'm concerned, if there's a dowry involved, there's deaths can come into as play. As far <laughs> as I'm concerned, the cowardly lion will go of natural causes, which leaves me... To uh, fuck the straw man, which I guess is going to be the punishment for the horrible things that he has. Like, you want straw in your urethra? We—that's a topic for an entirely different <laughs> podcast, I think. But that would be—that would be my answer. I'm going to look at this as how can I further my own self-interests. Cat. All right, I'm going to go completely different with this. Um, I'm going to kill the cowardly lion. Blasphemy. Because he annoys the ever-living piss out of me. Yeah. I've hated him since I was a kid. The voice, I want to punch him. 
In his voice? <laughs> in his <laughs> voice box. <laughs> you do realize that if you had sex with him, he could do you and tickle you with his, with his I, tail. No. No. He's painted the truth. He's, 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 he's got a fish. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that makes me want to, like, fucking punch him. Um, no, wow, I, there's a I, gift I wanna, story buried in there somewhere. I want to burn him. I'll burn him, not Scarecrow. So, I will marry the Scarecrow. Because the scarecrow has just always been my favorite. He's awesome and sweet and fantastic. And he'll and keep you warm at night. Yeah, Straw's yeah. warm. And the Tin Man, I'm gonna fuck the Tin Man. But here's the thing: get that your you're tetanus not shot. Up, you're gonna get Robo gonorrhea. I'll bring a lot of oil, dude. Just lube him up. The dude knows how to lube up. My point is, you know, they they're able to fix the. You know, he gets rusty. They're able to fix the creaky joints. They just lube him up, like, all the time. He, he does he know how to lube up. He, he, he really does. He knows yes. the way around a candle. So you know what? I'm okay with going into this endeavor. I'll <laughs> be fine. What are we learning about you when you say, I want to have sex, but I need lube for that to happen? He needs lube. <laughs> he needs lube. For us to have sex is more the problem. All right, now here's the question. He doesn't have an actual penis, and you can't take it off, so he are you going to have him take the top off what, and put what, it down? He has the pointy hat. How do you know this? Have you yeah, seen the movie? Too. Have you ever read Chester 5000? We're not talking about that. It's a webcomic. This mechanical man has a thing where he unlocks it and he goes boing! And he makes yeah, a big penis. Right? It's he awesome. Might have, like, you, you know what? You could probably like get some pretty cool attachments to stick on Simeon. that shit. It'd be like a simian. Yeah. So I think I think it's a good viable route. And I still get to kill the cowardly lion because I fucking hate him. So. Are you gonna sell his bones as aphrodisiacs? No, and you know he's good. good. He's That's burning. my racket. <laughs> he's definitely gonna stay hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Staring on Rob, thinking who's gonna go next. Yeah. You guys. You know what? So I, I'll jump in next. I'll jump in it. next on this one. Um. You know what? The scarecrow. I, I, I think I'm gonna have to kill the scarecrow. Oh, he's the nicest. He is the nicest, but I, I there's some interesting possibilities though. I could see. Well, actually, no. I take that back. I actually, if I rethink about that, I'm gonna kill the Tin Man. I will definitely kill Why? the Tin Man. Why? Because the Tin Man had a problem with self mutilation. He chopped off his legs, then he chopped off his arms, then he chopped off his head. Then he seriously has some. No, he's just really clumsy. Yeah, he, he <laughs> technically. He had a quote-unquote enchanted axe. He's like, you know what? That's fine. I'm still going to cut off my head. So he's got a serious, maybe like serious depression problems or something like that. If he's like, like he's really. How can de- you be depressed without a heart? I know. Maybe that's like he chopped his heart out. He's just he's a sad. Oh, I person. didn't even think about what they were missing. Yeah. So yeah, would you, I, really, yeah, would you really want to marry someone that doesn't have, have a heart? heart? Well, no. Here's the point: is by the end, you of guys the are movie, ableists. <laughs> But no, he, he some the mutilation problem. Point of the movie is that they have all these things all along. <laughs> now, <laughs> the now, now maybe, now maybe I want to have sex with the with the with the strong. You've man. already gone. You've because, already because, no, no, no. Gone. He doesn't have a brain, so that basically makes him a supermodel. <laughs> oh. All right, I'm gonna continue with mine. So, again, self mutilation problem. I'm gonna have to kill the Tin Man. Um, and you know what? The Cowardly Lion, because there's a chance for a three... Like, well, actually, getting involved in more than a great way, because lions and tigers and bears... Oh, my. Um, That's so good. 
And uh, you know, I'll, I'll marry the scarecrow because again, I, I gotta I gotta back up a lot of people on this one. The scarecrow seems like honestly, no matter what, the really logical choice of this one. He was lovable. he was the really sweet, lovable one. This is true. Yeah. Um, if his stuffings fall out, you know you just stuff them back in. <laughs> if he starts to get fat, you can just pull the stuffing stuff out. out and make him thin again. He's kind of like, sexy. it's like marrying a Build-A-Bear, basically. <laughs> oh, that's um, but yeah, no, I think I think that's the happy the happy life, and yeah, you know, lions and tigers and barrows are mine, then self-mutilation person, so yeah, that's that's how that works for me. Bill. Bring it on so, home, So you? it comes down to me. Bill the press guy. <laughs> You've had so, all the time to think and heard all the answers. Edge. And I've researched it as well. I mean, I also know my, I know my story. How did I know, you research it? I'm quick with my phone. Wow. <laughs> he did his homework. Oh, we were all babbling. Um, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm, I think I'm going to be a, a little wicked to the Cowardly Lion. Ding. Ding. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to have to kill the Cowardly Lion uh, just because I wouldn't be able I wouldn't be able to stand his whining and oh complaining God, so about annoying. being so scared with everything. Yes. Uh, and that you realize if you have sex with him, you only have to have sex with him, and then you kick him out. It's not sex with him and cuddle with him and hang out with him and chat with him. Oh, I'm gonna fuck the Tin Man because he could be a literal fucking machine. Exactly, it's true. That is actually very true. Right. Have uh, you ever I, seen I, videos of fucking machines? Holy yeah. shit! <laughs> he could have a vibrate setting. You don't know that either. That, exactly. That would scare me. That he would go out of control. I mean, the fucker can't even stop from chopping off his head, and you want to have him hey, play with your hey, head again? Again, let me reference the Rub comic. I think it's Chester Five Thousand, and it was really, it's really awesome. Also, very not safe for work. He's essentially um, a sweet bender if you really think about it. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then obviously that that will lead me to marry the scarecrow. Everyone's married. Because again, you know, Fiero, Fiero, <laughs> he's such a sweet character, and I'm just uh, wait. Really, is that who that is? Yes, I did not know that. That's Fiero. The Tin Man is Bach. Ah, well, I've not I seen Wicked. Know that either. I We've haven't seen Wicked seen either, it. but I know enough of the story, and I've read it and researched it. That's one of the musicals I still need to see. Me too. Um, so yeah, so marry the Scarecrow, fuck the Tin Man, and. Wow, the Wicked seems a lot more depressing now. Kill Cowardly Lion. It is really depressing. Super yeah, I gotta go back and read that book. Yeah. Um, yeah how many people really, got that wrong? No, Even after I gave them the answer. Okay, did you want to go back and read? No, no, no. Re- I'm, just, I'm just saying, I, I did it right, and so many people just got it wrong even after I told them it. Because it's, not, what wrong? it's like going, what's two plus two? And I go, four. And everyone else is going, I think it might be five. What's two plus two in base three? It's not four. Ha ha ha. What See, now? you're wrong. You're wrong. There's always a way to be wrong and always a way to be right. It's there called the game is. of word. Oh, God. No, <laughs> no, we're not getting into word on no. the podcast. But, Michelle, that was for you. Um, like I said, if you have more requests, let us know. Originally, when she told me she wanted um, you know, the Tin Man, the Coward, the Lion, and uh, the Scarecrow, I was like, okay, so I got it. So, Aunt M, Uncle Henry, and the Doorman from Oz. <laughs> so, so, maybe sometimes if people throw some of those ones at us, uh, we'll probably fuck with that and... And, uh, I, I would like. So I would like to step that. out of line for a moment and no. offer the request, Michelle. If you make your own answer to this and send it in, we will air it in the next podcast. Yes, yes. yes. Let us know. Um, yeah, and maybe we can do. Some, we'll look in the future. Maybe if uh, if you do one of these things and write in, we'll see if there's a little Captain Crew swag we can look at trying to get to you sometime. Sweet. We do have stickers, and we can get more bracelets and whatnot. So, so if, yeah, if you're interested, let us know. We'll we'll use it in the podcast. Uh, same thing for um, the intros. If there's uh, interesting questions you want us uh, want to ask us, 
for a Would You Rather, um, let us know. We'll happily uh, check them out. But anyway, as we wrap up this show, uh, there's a couple of quick things we have to do as housekeeping. Uh, Too Many Games is coming up at the end of the month. Uh, we'll probably be having a quick article up on the site about it. Probably this week uh, is a little hype thing and we'll be getting stuff out on the Twitter. Um, that is at Oaks, uh, Oaks uh, PA, which is the Philadelphia Convention Center. That's from June 26th, 27th, and 28th. Uh, it's TooManyGames.com, which is T-O-O, Many Games. Uh, yeah, because two would definitely yeah, not it's be not, Exactly. Uh-huh. So TooManyGames.com. It's um, an awesome, awesome convention. Uh, me and Bill and um, uh, a good friend Ben from uh, Next Level Radio is going to be there this weekend. Um, next weekend. Next weekend. Next, next weekend, not this weekend. Depends um, on when you're listening to it's it. True. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So, uh, awesome, awesome mentioned. show. Uh, actually, the guy that actually also does our music for our show, uh, DJ Cutman and Game Shop Records, they will be there spinning through the, the entirety of the event. Woot! Awesome. That's they, amazing. Yeah. They are wonderful, wonderful people. Make sure you swing down if you happen to go talk to them. They're great guys. They have some great music. Pick up a CD or two. Help support these guys. Uh, or check out DJ Cutman's This Week in Chip Tunes. Uh, his show on YouTube. Help support him. Um, also, as well, we mentioned Ben. Uh, they've been so sweet to shout us out a ton. So make sure you're checking out Next Level Radio. Uh, awesome, awesome podcast. They talk a lot of movie stuff. Have amazing guests on, too. Uh, recently, they just had uh, Lucky Yates uh, a couple weeks back, uh, who was Dr. Krieger from Ar- uh, from Archer, yeah. who uh, co-hosted their show with them. They're great guys. They'll make sure they're checking them out. Uh, but definitely come out. If you see guys walking around in khaki and crew shirts at Too Many Games, please come up, say hello. We'd love to get a chance to say hi, talk to you guys, and uh, have a good time at that show. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful time. Throw so many beans. So, yeah. And um, beyond that, you can always just reach out to us at uh, thecaffeinecrew at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, And always, the most important place to go is Um, caffeinecrew.com. Make sure you're heading over there. Share that with your friends. Share this podcast with your friends. We are on iTunes. Please rate us on there. That always helps us out as well. And uh, with that, we'll say goodnight, and we will see you next month, and hopefully maybe we'll see a few of you at Too Many Games in two weeks. So have a good night. I'm Rob. Kenny! Fesh. Bill. (laughs) Good night.